Hi, I'm Cliff Chang, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Pleasant. That was very good. Passable? Yeah, no, it was good. All that stuff. Good. Bruce Almighty is a completely underrated movie. And I know people throw that term underrated around like it's just because they think people don't think of someone but or something. But it, it really is. I enjoyed that movie. Yeah. I, I like it. I like it a lot. It's like, but, yeah. No, it's, it's, not, it's not one of those movies that I return to every so often. Well, I was going to say, I, I remember seeing the movie in the theater, yeah. but I don't remember a thing about it beyond the stars of it maybe bruce almighty is great in it bruce well no evan almighty wasn't a bad it it was uh, it was a sequel but it was but but i think there was like like jim carrey had like like adam sandler but jim carrey had a had had a pretty cool sweet spot with bruce almighty liar liar um you know ace ventura is funny if you're in that mood but that's not you know that that's not what i think of when i think of jim carrey what's funnier than a swing and blow job (laughs) not much (laughs) when i took the kids to see it they're like daddy what's going on (laughs) oh shit it's like jason taking his youngest to see deadpool it's like not a whole lot yeah my oldest you dick (laughs) i know is your oldest you dick (laughs) 13 though I wasn't prepared for the taking scene. I'll be honest. <laughs> but that wasn't very graphic anyway. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Just by asking. No, the disturbing thing was that they all knew exactly what the joke was about. Yeah. Was like, oh, God. Why do they know what pegging is? And while we're on the subject, Deadpool. Deadpool. Oh, I thought we could talk about pegging. No, Dead. Well, maybe. De- Deadpool 2 is almost perfect. I know. I think they fucked up cable. I know. That's, that's not Cable. That character on the screen is not Cable to me. I mean, it, he's fun. and uh, Time traveler. Yeah, and, you know, but it, that's not Cable. God, that movie had Black Tom Cassidy in it. I mean, come on. I know. Racist. How great is that? Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. It's 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 586, and I am Vince B. Uh, yes, you are, and I am David A. Price. Indeed you are, landlubber, because I am Rower Noah Zorro. Oh, here we go. It's it's like the first coming of all this shit that I talked about a million times. No. Well, you know, <laughs> no. I tell you that that is the absolute worst possible reaction? <laughs> you, no. should be, you should be at three-quarters mast right now that oh, I said that. Oh, I get it, a nautical reference. No. You're not Roranora Zolo Zoro. You are Jason Wood, everybody. In the house, reading the manga. Don't Where, you want me to love the things you love? I that's not me. No, I don't want people to love the things that I love. <laughs> then why do you do a talk show every hour every day week for a day? Because years? I love you two. Oh, I see. He loves talking about what he enjoys. To you. Right. I'm not talking to anybody other than yourselves. They may think, and by they I mean the people that are listening to this, <laughs> they may think I'm talking to them, but I'm talking to you. Uh, thanks that's you that's how I have survived. 
these 10 years. Well, I finally took your advice after a little bit of time. I caught up. Well, great. Did you? That is an awesome idea. There's no way you caught up (laughs) on One Piece. (laughs) The dude's got a commute and a half, bro. I'm sure he did. To where, where, Australia? That's a hell of a... How awesome is that? (laughs) Two bucks a month? Yeah, it's a good deal. It's a good deal. That is a great that deal. Is a, I was looking at... Um, incredible. I'm sorry. It, no, it is. And I'm, I'm, I'm super tempted. I'm going through the digital services that um, my library offers, and, and I can read some one piece. I asked Vince about the Airboy Deadeye, which went dead in my question, but... Um, I did see that, but my UG I, was to, about the food. That's what I thought. Yeah, but yeah. I've I, never read so, Airboy Deadeye. Who published that? Okay, it, I it, it probably was Moonstone. If it wasn't Viz. It was because it's it's still written by Chuck, but it uh, but the art's by Ben Dunn. So I, I like Ben Dunn a lot. Right. It, so do it, I. Yeah, it could have been published by Moonstone. Um, I don't remember Airboy being at Sirius, which is or uh, which not Sirius. And Antarctic, which is where Ben Dunn's right, that's his, his, his home base, yeah. So I don't know who published that. Find out. But I am, but but I so I'm I'm going through what my library offers. But yeah, I have a feeling I'm gonna I'm gonna splurge. I'm gonna pony up on the uh, on the Shonen Jump. Well, if you guys are doing it, I might as well do People it as well. That. Yeah, I prefer for those that don't know what we're talking about. Shonen Jump uh, is the uh, long running, I mean, what decades, right, Vince? I mean, many, many decades. Um, Japanese anthology, uh, what do they call them? Tankabons, right? Is it something like that? Like, like collections, right? Like, but, but big collections of serialized stories. You would know better than me. I mean, how many different stories are in a given collection, but lots, right? Um, right. Is that right? <laughs> this is correct. Okay. This is, correct. um, but now it's, I don't know how long it's been, but but there's a digital offering, and it's a dollar ninety nine, and it's beautiful because if you're an Apple user, you just it's just like an in app purchase, so you just boom thumbprint, all of a sudden I had access to everything pretty much that's ever been in Shonen Jump. It's amazing. Well, there is two incarnations of Shonen Jump, right? There's the original, okay. obviously the original Japanese, and then there's the American version. That's only oh, okay. about the American version is only. I don't know. I'll guess and say less than 20 years old, 15, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe around there. But the original Shonen Jump goes, as you said, it goes back a ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But it's all great. I'm glad you're reading it. I'm giddy. Um, ex- I am excited not only for Shonen Jump, but I have the inside track on where to get inexpensive funny books in Bric-a-Brac. Do tell. Yes. You already know, but I'll tell them. Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. That's DCB, as in oh boy, service.com, where you can get your books, get them fast, get it delivered right to your door for a mere fraction of what everybody else is paying. I don't know if this is the last time you'll be hearing this, but I'm going to say it again. What the heck? From Marvel, it's the Cosmic Ghost Rider Destroys Marvel History, number one of six Cover price is three ninety nine. You can take this book home, written by Paul Shear, Nick Giovanetti, and art by uh, Gerardo Sandoval. Look at that for a dollar ninety nine, and it can be yours. Dark Horse is starting a new series 
written by G. Willow Wilson, with art by Christian Ward. I liked his work a lot on Odyssey. But unfortunately, the book didn't sell all that well. And to be honest, I didn't understand all of it. But it was pretty. Uh, This thing is called Invisible Kingdom, number one. And uh, it's the regular drill, $3.99 cover price. You can has it for $1.99. And bring it up the rear, but not in our hearts, from Kodansha Comics. It's the first collection of Sun Takeda's Gleipnir. Now, this thing is, well, it's Japanese, right? It's manga. So it's a little, it's a little out there. It's a little ultra. It's dark, disturbing, sexy, and shameful. Everything that I look for in comics. This new sci-fi action manga stars a dominating teenage girl searching for a sister who became a monster and a submissive boy with the strange power to turn into a ragged but powerful beast with a zipper down his back and a compartment on the inside just big enough to hold a human body. The sister jumps into the boy's body and I guess can control him. It's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to it. Great drawing by Sun Takeda. Cover price twelve ninety nine. Your price? 45% off that. It's $7.14. Jesus. Wow. DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order additions. Hey, add this to my order. Okay, it's on there. And um, you get your books delivered, walking right up to your steps, ding dong, and they hand the box to you, depending on how courteous your you know, delivery person is. DCBService.com, the best. Bada boom. The best. It yes. is uh, published by Antarctic. It's, no way. It is. I'm going to have to And it's search. not solely written by Dixon. Uh, there's a um, co-author. Well, whose name so Airboy's not beating moment. up on the homos then. That's if Dixon, if Dixon <laughs> read it. <laughs> you know how he gets, right? I do know how he gets. Yeah. What are we drinking? Who are you asking? Oh, either one of you. Jesus, you know there's a process here. That's true. Jason, would you please tell me what you're drinking? <laughs> Vincent, I am imbibing, uh, drinking a new wine. Brand spanking new to me. What this? To me, it's going to be my, my, my 11 o'clock is new to you. Uh, Norfolk Rise Shiraz. Um, and since it's named Norfolk, you might assume it's from the US of A, but it's actually from Australia. Shout out to Roland. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Is it tasty? Nice. I'll let you know right now. Hold on. Snap. Oh, snap. Live on the podcast. I like yeah. it. Yeah. It's <laughs> nice. Nice and dry. Sweet. Good mm-hmm. for you. Good for you. Yep. Well, I... What am I drinking? I'm still sucking on some penis noir from Barefoot. It's almost gone. Hashtag penis noir. Miss Noir. Thanks, Caleb. Be it a t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, or a t-shirt. So this is um, nothing. I do not have anything new. Uh, and I'm not finishing off a bottle. This I opened for uh, tonight because I was I finished my wheat ridge earlier. <laughs> so this is uh, <laughs> eh. uh, this is 19 Crimes. Ooh. They're uh, 2016 red wine so um bit of a blend doesn't 
list. It doesn't let me know what the blend is, um, table scraps, but it is still uh, really, really tasty. So I might have more than one glass while we discuss things this evening. You got to have more than one. Come on. Got to. For real. Especially since, as Jason mentioned, it's, 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 I don't, it probably before we hit record, but, um, it was a, uh, a second glass might be, might, might lead you to think it was celebratory because it was a really good week for comic books this week. It was an excellent week. I think so too. I think one of those weeks that you just like, man, this is why I love this hobby. Seriously. And you know what? And 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 so not not for nothing. I yes, we absolutely. I mean, they're our sponsor. We absolutely adore DCBS. I I I, I love when I come home and there's a box and I open it up and I see you know I forgot what I ordered two months ago and and it, it's it's awesome. But after not having one for so so many years and now i have one that i can actually walk to but there is something about walking to a comic shop seeing what came out and i know what came out because in the uh patron slack we um post the new releases for that week and so i know what what i might see at the shop when i get there but there's something about walking into a comic shop seeing what's there and and buying something that you were expecting to get, but then going, why the hell not, and picking up something else, which I did this week, which is something we'll, Vince and I will probably talk about because I don't think Jason read it, but the, um, and well, we don't have to. No, we but will. It, if it's, it's the one I think you're talking about, but we can, the, we can um, talk about it. But I also decided to double dip, and, and because there are, there are a couple things that, I ordered from DCBS because they have an awesome bundle on, on certain things. And, um, but there are things that I want to read when they come out. So it's just, it's, it's, that's probably also lifting my high is, is that I can actually go to a comic shop on Wednesday, come home with stuff, read it that night and, and, um, and then be ready to talk about it and and yeah it's i i love digital because it's convenient and because i can take my ipad and read it wherever but there is still something to be said about the physical medium and 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 having that having the tech it, it, there's I have a stack of comic books next to the MacBook for things that we can discuss tonight. It's just, it's, it. so yes, it was an absolute fantastic week for comic books, but I'm really, really loving the medium right now. Awesome. Well, let's jump into the best book of the week. Start, oh. start off, <clears throat> start off the uh, episode with some excite. And you may, you know, your opinion may differ, but I'm thinking the best book of this week was written by Donnie Cates with art by Jeff Shaw and Marte Gracia. It's Guardians of the Galaxy number one. Why? No, 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 no. It was a dap. It's it's a great first issue. I, I, um, 
we'll get into it. And but yes, it, it, it was a fantastic issue. I I'm gun shy on saying it was the best thing I read this week, but it was oh. an absolute blast. Okay. Okay. Of uh, for you playing at home, here's the rub. In case you didn't know, Thanos is dead. Uh Gamora be decapitated. Yes, Gamora yes. cut his head off. And uh he has um traveled to the great beyond, but not without a contingency plan. And that is why his son, Eros, aka Star Fox, gathers brother. to brother. Uh, sorry, yeah, brother. Gathers together all of uh those that had uh, been affected by the the mad titan and if uh that was the case they wouldn't all fit in sanctuary but um <laughs> need, needless to right. say all the major players show up for this little uh unveiling well i'm getting there uh, on this little unveiling you got the star jammers are there and dark hawk and cosmic ghost rider silver surfer the wraith is there the the shiar imperial guard is there adam warlock um fire lord's there Howard the Duck, for some reason, is there with with Cosmo, which is you know cool. It's always cool. Phyla, mm-hmm. f- uh, Phyla Vell's there, mm-hmm. um, Moon Dragon. So there's there's a lot of people there who um, have been affected by uh, Thanos, but Eros has gathered these people because they're the ones that will get their hands dirty. They're not. Um, adverse to taking a life when the situation demands it and this situation may demand it because when thanos passed he had a plan of course that his um consciousness would be in a sense downloaded into a new body and they don't know whose body what body where the body is and that's thanos's whole thing he plays uh, uh eros plays a recording and thanos says ha 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 you may think i'm dead but guess what i'm coming back and you'll never know where it could be one of you in this very room i'm gonna inhabit a new body i'm not saying where it is but y'all gotta be on the lookout because i'm coming back bitch and a uh, bitch is and the thing is that because gamora was on the scene she's now public enemy number one there is a um a mad rush to end gamora's life meanwhile um i don't know how we got to this point because i didn't read the last volume of the previous um guardians of the galaxy series but uh peter quill and groot are tooling around in not the uh milano but a ship called the rider named named after um not richard rider but winona which is crazy and uh groot can talk groot can talk yeah i I don't know why groot can talk but he can and he's um he's all punky literally he's got spikes Mm -hmm. a a mohawk (laughs) of spikes and he's got spikes on his shoulders and he's he's not growing them he's he's carving himself into spikes and um peter peter and and groot were going to nowhere uh pretty much an omnipresent spot in the guardians of the galaxy at least post bronze age run and when they get there they're shocked to learn that nowhere is nowhere it's not where it's supposed to be because 
it had uh, journeyed to the site where uh, the meeting of Star Fox and all the people have gathered, and uh, the Black Order. Yay! The Black Order appear. <laughs> and what do they want? What would the Black Order want? Well, they want Thanos's body. And um, I found this very hard to believe. This was the one thing that I went, hmm. But uh, the surfer charges um, Beta Ray Bill with guarding Thanos's body. And he doesn't succeed in that task. The, yeah. the, the Black Order take Thanos's body, but not before they open up a rip in the very fabric of space and a bunch of people are sucked through. Um, but wouldn't you know, the cosmic ghost riders chain is impossibly large and, uh, they fashion it to beta Ray Bill's hammer and beta Ray flings the hammer out of this, this sucking chest wound in space. And, uh, beta Ray Bill, cosmic ghost rider, Phylavel, um, and Moondragon become, uh, join with Peter Quill and Groot to become the new Airsats Guardians of the Galaxy. And they're going to figure out what the hell's going on here. But, um, page for page, pound for pound, I thought this issue was 99.9% .9 perfect. It's just that Beta Ray Bill thing that I was just like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I'm thinking you Bill. My man like that. I'm thinking Bill would, would, you know, pound a, a gigantic divot in any of those black order but you know suspension of disbelief whatever i get it it's just a setup bill has guilt now and it's going to play out probably somewhere down the line that's cool as long as mm -hmm. you you put beta ray front and center i'm fine with it you know that's great but uh wow i thought this issue was really good really good same z's yeah uh, well, this team's obviously worked together before to critical acclaim. Yeah. I think that Jeff Shaw looks even better than he looked before, and he was already great. I, I think this was impeccably drawn. Um, I, I, people draw Groot in a million different ways, and sometimes I don't vibe on it. This was a, yet another new way, like you said, a spiky version, but I dug it because it fit with his new punky teenage attitude. Yeah. So I thought it looked great. Um, I there were some things that were established because we knew they happened. There were some things that were established. I don't think we've figured out what happened yet. Like we don't know what happened to Rocket. Um, right. Yes. I mean, they say we better. We can't. We're not going to talk about Rocket. We don't. But I don't know. I could be wrong. But I don't think we've seen in the comics what's happened to Rocket yet. So I guess we'll find that out. Whereas we we know Drax is dead from Infinity War. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, quote unquote dead. I mean, he's, his 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 uh, other self, Arthur Stone, is is in uh, one of the Soul Gem, but um, um, you know the the Phyla was obviously a, a member of the original Abnett and Lanning incarnation of the Guardians. Yep. So it's like she's coming home, although this is a different uh, Phyla from a different dimension. So I presume she doesn't have any recognition or memory of being a part of the team. Um. But man, I thought it was great. The the one thing I was kind of thought was funny is when Eros is saying, "Listen, uh, y'all are here because you're willing to do some dirty work, and we need to kill everybody that we think could be Thanos's new body before they have a chance." And 
he puts up a screen full of possible characters. There were some, I mean, Daredevil? What? (laughs) Yeah, Luke Cage. Yeah, I mean. But he does say not only strength, but influence, too. No, I know, which is why I think that's silly. They're not influential. I mean, like. Black Panther is. No, but I didn't didn't take issue with Black Panther. But um, it, it, it just seemed a little convenient to me. Like, okay, I get it. We're the premise here is that. Anybody, it could be anybody. Yeah, it could be anybody, yeah. and, and we're going to have crossovers, and and I, I assume this is maybe part of what War of the Realms is going to be about. Yeah, could be because they the preface, especially with the Shi'ar and the right, uh, yeah. The, so right, but the very first page when we don't know it's it's uh, Star Fox, and he's saying, "I've never seen the galaxy in in this kind of state." There's uh, deities fighting against deities and bloodshed everywhere. And and um, I don't know if the word realm was mentioned, but it kind of mm. does set the stage for War of the Realms. But I, I'm look, now you guys have to uh, educate me on Kamala. Does she really belong on that on that spread or is that just them saying, hey, it's the hotness? Because she's a popular character, right? She is. You, I mean, I mean, she certainly belongs in there as much as like a daredevil would. Okay, I mean, right. she's much more powerful than daredevil from up. But yeah, yeah. but I mean, but, if, but I have no more influence though. I mean, if you're Thanos and you want to pick a suitable body in which to return, there's a couple on there that really fit the bill. Mephisto, sure. The right. Hulk, so Odin. Yep, Odin. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Even Loki. Yes, Loki. But you know, I wouldn't necessarily. Ben, the thing. I mean, he, or Sue, yeah, or Ghost right. Rider. I mean, there's just it's maybe Gene if he can get the Phoenix thing kicking in. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I mean, is that Malekith? Because it's not his face isn't scarred. I think that's the Wraith. Okay. Yeah. Who's pretty damn uh, powerful, but not. And, and what's up with all the goddesses of death uh, being in love with Thanos? Hey man, it's it's yeah. just well, it's either he's because he's in love with death, and and I'm thinking that because the last time there was that was at that unworthy Thor miniseries where Hela and Thanos because who was Hela um, nah. It was it was Corvus Glaive's woman and someone else. It was it was it was a wild miniseries. I love that miniseries and and. That was, I think, the first time there was a Hela and Thanos type connection. And um, you guys aren't caught up on Jason Aaron's story, are you? No. Okay. No, and and actually, and 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 I mean, not to beat that horse, but when I, I I picked up because I didn't read Jane's um, final issues, so I I picked up um, seven hundred through. 705 or whatever so i still have to read those so i and then i will okay um well read I, read read the rest no it. spoilers but thanos does appear in jason aaron's recent thor i'm not okay sure. and there is a connection makes sense okay okay um yeah i, I have a I so mean, you weren't surprised by that then Vince. no 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 and i don't and i i don't think I was thinking about that miniseries, but I mean, knowing that it's that there's even a more recent connection, um, that's that's pretty cool. I, th- I I like, I mean, it it this was, if this felt like a 
almost like a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three movie. I mean, even even right to the to, to the to the title page to the credit scene because you you have Cosmic Ghost Rider about to say, you know, I I remember no damn, and then ellipses, and then you turn the page, and there's boom, there's there there's the title. So, um, yep, I I got a kick out of things like that. I, I think I you I I love you know contest of champions type spreads and Muhammad Ali versus Superman, where you get to look at all the characters that Shaw has drawn and like, Oh shit, it's fucking Hepzibah of all characters. And, and, I love and, Hepzibah. and, and, and mm-hmm. I do too. So, I mean, you know, and, and yeah, there's there's dark heart, but I mean, you have all <laughs> these awesome <laughs> characters <laughs> and, and, and it's just, you know, it's, it's, it, this was, this was a story that this was a first issue where I think you, definitely would have benefited if you were if if you caught up on on duggan's guardians of the galaxy because i'm pretty sure the whole Groot thing probably ties into that because there was that one dude early on in that series where i think he was planting mini groots or growing them and um so that that may tie in that that may have led to Groot being somewhat different than what we're used to um I haven't finished Infinity Wars or any of the warps tie-ins, so um, tread carefully. I'm not. I'm not current on all things Marvel Cosmic right now. I enjoy the hell out of Cosmic Ghost Rider, and but I I wasn't any questions I had. I figure I'll be able to get answers to, and and mm-hmm. and even reading back a couple of months, I'll 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 be fine. So it's not. I didn't. I didn't keep scratching my head throughout the whole issue. I know who the characters are. I know what they can do. Um, the rappers may be a little different, but overall, this was extremely easy to follow. And and Capes hits the ground running. And yep. and and Shaw is just an amazing talent. And and I like how they and that, and that's nothing new. I mean, we've enjoyed his work on God Country and and on Thanos. And it's it's um, there's the uh, the reason why the in in the movie the the ship was called the Milano is is guns infatuation with Alyssa Milano and here I don't I, I'm guessing that that's just using the Quill movie character kind of porting him into the Marvel universe and 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 running with that you know 80s 90s teenish vixen and and just naming another ship after a um after a uh other crush or heartthrob but i um i thought it was the pepperidge farm cookies that's why they named it the mm. Milano. <laughs> <laughs> nope uh so i just think i i i love the setup of the team i mean guardians of the galaxy have gone through a ton of iterations. I mean, it, it, it's like the Justice League of the Avengers these days. So um, there's usually that one or two characters who kind of um, bridge the gap, like Detroit era Martian Manhunter and Aquaman. But there's the um, everybody you're used to seeing in space. And like you mentioned, you know, uh, the file was a member of the Advent landing run and, um, Cosmic Ghost Rider. I mean, that's that's your new hotness right now. As much as everybody mm-hmm. loves Miss Marvel, it's it's just it was yes, it was an absolute joy to read. It was a fantastic first issue. Um, I sprung for the uh, the the Shaw um, 
gatefold, not gatefold, but, but wraparound cover, um, just so that I could get Cosmo on it and, and see everybody that, uh, and get an appearance by rocket. But I think, um, I, yeah, this was, this was solid. This was, this was a, uh, this was a home run and a half. And I, I just, I like the, the setup because they, it's not like here's the first issue and we're just going to wing it. I mean, Donnie has a plan and, and it's, it's that, you know, Thanos is, is a manipulative son of a bitch and, and he's not going down quietly and now they have something to do and, as has already been mentioned, you know, Earth's mightiest heroes, all those holier than thou motherfuckers aren't aren't here because they're not willing to get their hands dirty. And um everybody here is, but it's it just I guess shows you that Star Fox isn't the uh isn't the maybe happy go lucky Avenger you used to read back in the eighties. He's cause this is this is serious. This is this is big business. So, I I am I'm definitely in for the ride on this one. It it, it was fantastic. A couple of small points. Um, uh-huh. I'm looking at the uh, splash with uh, Peter and the new group and uh, Phyla's thighs. You are not knocking her over. She is built like a brick shit house. Look at mm-hmm. her. Oh sure, her yeah. thighs <laughs> are massive. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are this is one thing that is a little head scratching to me that i know there's very little crossover appeal between the movies and the comics but if you even coming out of infinity war if you were a fan of the guardians of the galaxy and you picked up this book there's other than you know character recognition with the black order and maybe the uh the uh, the Outrider Horde. There's not a whole lot of characters in this book you're going to even recognize, if you're just a fan of the movies. And you know, if you're that rare person that decides to pick up a comic because you like the movies, you're going to be mystified by this book. And one, this is one of those things where it's I don't I, I don't know if it's if it's the editor. Um, Darren Shan or, or senior editor Jordan White's responsibility. There are, you can pick up any, any old issue, any uncanny X-Men issue, any, any Bendis written Avengers issue, or, or even a fractions X-Men run, but you would always have whenever, whenever character is introduced or, or shows up on a page, you'd get a little box letting you know if, if not just their name, also what some of their abilities are and, and maybe mm-hmm. a clever little witty thing. There's nothing like that in here. You never, mm-hmm. I mean, you get, you got pages on pages on pages of characters just appearing and, you know, you have no idea until, I mean, you see some of the bigger players and obviously a yeah, silver surfer commands beta ray bill to guard the body and cosmic ghost rider says, nah, you know, we we fuck with each other in the future, so maybe don't give me any orders. But you know, you you know who some of the characters are. But other other than that, I mean, you wouldn't know who the, the, you don't know who the hell Corsair is because it doesn't right. say anything about Fire Lord. Right. It's like why has this dude got his head on fire? So there's there's just little things like that would have probably helped, but it's not. It's um, they'll either be referenced as the series continues, or they're not people you need to know. So right. Well, I'm sure well, it's a it's a very very scant number of people who are reading this not knowing oh absolutely right and so you have somebody who's just new to it to be period but because it is a first issue 
So you might have somebody who just walked into the shop and decided to pick it up. But yeah, I, I definitely get your point. Yes. Yeah. It, well, the the local comic shop, um, Dave has a life size Thanos um, cutout in his shop, and I guess you can put a book in Thanos, a comic in Thanos's hand. And he he Facebooked an image of this giant cut out Thanos from the movie with a copy of Guardians of the Galaxy saying, you can't buy it today, come in tomorrow, but we're going to have a lot of them. And his Facebook reaches, you know, people that aren't comic readers too. But, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he, he was smart enough to do the, the tag. So when when you put Infinity War on a post, you're going to get people who have seen the movie, right? But I'm thinking, and and I'm I'm fairly certain this is this book was created for comic fans. I mean, this is a this is a cosmic Absolutely. cosmic Marvel fans, you know, pretty much a dream Absolutely. because sure. all these great characters. And um, lastly, line of the the issue goes to no surprise, Cosmic Ghost Rider when Ghost when uh, Gladiator saying, you know. It, w- Somebody should have went back in time when this fucker was a baby and killed him. Yes. And goes, he goes, oh, you know, I knew I should have shot that baby in the face. <laughs> <laughs> baby in the face as he's drinking. And what great, what, what kills me is they, as soon as, um, as as soon as the celestial head blasts a hole in the place, Cosmic Ghost Rider reaches for his helmet. It's like, dude, you're in space. Your head's on fire. Like, are you really <laughs> that? Like, can you not? I'm a little bit. Got to keep just, up appearances. I, I know. I just I love the quirkiness of the character. It's it's fantastic. I, I pre-ordered the um the the upcoming mini or destroys the Marvel universe. I can't, I, I can't get enough of the guy. But yep. and I ordered the um the Donny Cates hardcover because it includes the the Cosmic Ghost Rider mini. Tell me about along it along with Thanos. So I'm I'm all on that. But the um there was another book that I read recently that that just started that did include um editor's notes which again because this did just follow um infinity wars little things like that probably would have helped so that if you are at the shop and you pick this up and you have questions at least now you know you can go back next week and and maybe what what issues or trades to to look for yep that was missing here but still okay so what what awesome. has you guys hot? Other, I mean, other than this. Mm-hmm. Other than this. Uh, another number one that I adored this week came from Dark Horse. And we already knew that this was happening because we are fans of Redlands. But Jordi Belair is very, if she's not careful, she's going to become known more for her writing than she is her coloring. Because she is the new writer on the the just relaunched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, she's the writer. Is that and... from Dark Horse or is it Boom? Oh, is it Boom? Oh, maybe I think it's Boom. It's boom. Oh, okay. Well, my apologies. Easy uh, mistake should... to make. No, it's a yeah. No, oh, no, so they, oh, they switched the license. Okay. All yeah, right, cool. we we went to because even um, Firefly is with Boom. Oh, now. perfect. Okay, so Boom. Uh, apologies. So Boom, but written by Jordi Belair with art by Dan Mora. Uh, and oh, so good. Yeah, I know, and and it was. Absolutely. So I, a little backtrack. I I really enjoyed the original Dark Horse series. I loved the TV show. I loved it, loved it. My wife and I watched it together. Every episode had the box set. I think I actually gave the box set to uh, Wooder for a Christmas exchange gift years ago. But but uh, loved the show very much. Um, loved the comic. Didn't end up sticking with the comic uh, after a while. But I read it for a bunch of years, and it just it's. It, it, 
it, it was one of those things where I wasn't necessarily clamoring to to read Buffy after all these years again, but um, I was intrigued by it being relaunched and, and, and that creative team, so I thought, why not? And I'm so glad that I picked it up because it was fantastic. The um, There were lots of artists that drew uh, the Buffy comic over the years, as you might imagine, but when I think of that comic, I think of George Genti. I really do think because he was the original artist, and, and I thought that he did what is so difficult to do in licensed comics, which is strike that balance between being a cartoonist and having the characters look like the actors that we knew them to be. Um, you know, I think we're all in the same boat. We don't like it when it gets too photo referency and it, it loses some of the magic of it being a different medium. Um, on the other hand, I don't know that I want the characters to look completely different from the actors and actresses that played these characters, because how could I get those images out of my head? So, Mora does as good a job as Genty did. I, the the characters very much, if you watch the show or know the know the TV show, look like those characters, but in no way is it photo referencing. He's just drawing them and he's evoking those characters, and I just adore that. I think it's a very very difficult thing to do, and he pulls it off fluidly. Um, it's also interesting because it is essentially a reboot. It this picks up three weeks into Buffy being in uh, Sunnydale. Um, and she's just meeting Xander and Willow. She's just becoming, uh, people are just becoming aware of, of her at the high school. She has just come, come from, come from LA. So it's not all that different from the original. Um, but it's, it is a bit of a reimagining in that it does take place in modern times. They have cell phones. Um, certain things are a little tweaked. Like for example, uh, we find out right away. It's well known that Willow's a lesbian. Like, out, it's, that's not a that is not a in the TV show. That was that was years into the show that she became a lesbian, or at least became out as an as a lesbian. Um, in, in this case, uh, but yes, she's not a she's not a witch yet because she talks about it. so so. It's it is pretty much a, the softest of reboots or modernization of the original Buffy uh, incarnation. But uh, Buffy's working at a fast food joint. And Willow and Xander are uh, just having dinner there and they leave and uh, a vampire attacks them and uh, going to gonna go after them. And Buffy, of course, comes out and kills the vampire. And that's how they strike up a friendship. Uh, Giles is, is there as is her watcher. Uh, um, her mom is, is in the picture. We, um, we, we meet Anya. Um, we meet a, a bit of a big bad. I'll save who that is for now. But. Uh, I just thought it was fantastic. It's it's just Jordy, who is I think our age, maybe a little younger, but but I, I, I presume she was a big fan of the original TV show because this felt the characters felt and sounded and had dialogue and personalities that were just like the characters in the TV show. Um, I just it, it really felt like I was just reading a great adaptation of the TV show and. Um, it's been what twenty years since the show debuted. I would assume, give or take. So, just absolute home run. Loved it. Definitely going to keep going with it, and uh, definitely credit it is Boom. You're right because Bo- they they are off to a, a, a riveting start. I actually ordered the Firefly as well, although I haven't read them. I I, I have the issues here somewhere, but the first or second issue. But um, but this was terrific. Jordy did a great job, and Dan Mora, who I haven't read a lot of his work. Uh, I've seen more of his work on. Instagram and that sort of thing. Uh, he does do great commissions. I'm, I'm definitely a fan of his art, but but I have not read many of his comics, and um, he's just ideally suited for this kind of, of book. So 
super, super fun stuff. He seems to do a lot of work for Boom. I think he did the Power Rangers. He right, um, yeah, exactly. He's done yeah. a lot of the WWE covers. He did the yes, um, yes. um, Spirits of Vengeance. I think that that many. Oh, okay, he, he okay. was he was one of my favorite. Um, he may have been my cover artist of the year last year, but it was. Um, yeah, I, I, I am a big fan of his style. Yeah, absolutely t- terrific. Now I, I forget. You, I, I'm pretty sure Vince, you detested the show, right? You would be correct. He detested the musical episode. I know that. I enjoyed it. Were, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tolerated it up until the the music episode because uh, you know there wasn't a whole lot on back then. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, once the musical episode, I'm I'm uh-huh. done with this. Yeah. And did you? I have a feeling you didn't watch it, Depp. Oh, I loved it. You did? Okay. Oh. Okay. Oh yeah. No, I watched every season. Awesome. Okay. Okay. I did buy one for a couple. Of... You, I mean, it's it's anyone that liked the original TV show, you're going to love this issue. I will check it out. Yeah. Perfect. I bought one issue of the Dark Horse Run. Well, why, right. Why would you? Why would you be into the comic if you didn't care for the TV show? But... Right, but because Richard Corbin did some art inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. So, so I bought it. Yeah. So yes. So two number one home runs. Was there a third? For me, yes. Um, I do know you read it. I don't know your feelings on it, but um, because I'm just on a roll with the guy right now <laughs> he's your beau he's your new boo <sighs> he is my new boo um he uh it, it's it's um naomi number one by brian michael bendis david walker and jamal campbell and i think it was a um this was the kind of first issue where you you're as um you're looking for answers just like the titular character is she's uh she's a young girl who was adopted she's a teenager um and uh she seems to be um infatuated might be a word but but she is the, the, the issue starts off with um with a knockdown drag out fight between superman and Mongol that lasts in the town center a whopping uh, 17 whole seconds. And Superman and Mongol hit the ground, destroy some property, and take off. And um, and now the whole town is just blown away because this never happens here. Um, it's just uh, completely rare and and uh you know we're, we're in a world where superheroes exist but in in this little town you know uh, this shit don't happen but naomi's kicking herself because she missed it and and um her friend recorded five seconds of it posted it on her uh on her blog on her video channel and um you know it's just it's it's this this was the dialogue here but this was probably after working at DC for the past few months, this is probably the most Bendisy Marvel Bendisy book I've read at DC so far. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the conversations and and he still has you know that 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 that, that teen speak. Uh, he's, he does a handle on that. It, it doesn't uh, doesn't sound forced or or um, you don't cringe. And uh, but but Naomi is just she is just fixated on 
I don't know if it's just superheroes or if it's, I don't know if it's superheroes in general or if it's just Superman, but she just seems to be, um, she's doing Google searches. She, she's, you know, looking up to see, you know, if Superman's ever been in Port Oswego before and, um, you know, does he, um, all, 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 their, their Google history is just, you know, shown on, on these awesome double page spreads by Campbell. Campbell is, is an amazing talent i i think his facial expressions on on um the facials on a lot of the characters are amazing this almost feels like a um the art reminds me of some image books it's just it almost yeah i see it's it doesn't a digital feel, painter right it seems like it's digital I, painting it, but yeah um because a, there's, there's a glossy some, finish to the almost a three-dimensional finish to the characters uh right yeah maybe not as stiff as as some of um and not the Brandon Peterson stuff because he, he recently did an issue of Superman and 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 that that flowed nicely. But there's there is yeah there's 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 definitely movement, but it's not it's not just straight up drawn. There's there's app there's there's some digital manipulation to move the story along. Um, Naomi's boss looks an awful lot like Felicity Huffman, but the um, but the next day Superman comes back to kind of clean up the mess he had made um, the day before. Um, there is one page that Vince would absolutely love because of the four panels where our three characters are in the foreground talking. The four panels in the back are exactly the same with the crowd. Right. I hate that page. I'm looking at it right I know. now. It's um, like, oh, the crowd amazingly got frozen in place just because of... Because same, their same... conversation is happening so fast. Because Get they're, they're, they're girls. And Come they're on. Just, <laughs> but Naomi has to, you know, she, she meets with a therapist or a counselor. Um she uh and it seems to be a, a a a meeting that's been going on for a while um we don't know really much about we don't know really anything about naomi's home life or anything before this day except till you kind of get to the last page because she she is just there's there's a um she she goes and hangs out with her friends um and apparently there's some urban legend, there's some myth, some rumor that um, there was a big superhero something um, in Port Oswego back when we were babies or just before we were being born or something like that. And um, old man Jimenez told that story a long time ago before he croaked is what one of her friends says. And and Naomi's like, well, wait, did he? She, she, she kind of just stops in her tracks, eyes all wide. She's like, well, well, did he say when exactly? And so now this is just another little nugget she's holding on to. And, and she's just, she just, she is extremely um, inquisitive. She, she just, she's, she, she has a, she, there's something gnawing in her, at her that, that she just, she needs answers. And, um, she uh, she goes and talks to D, who um, who runs a garage, or he's a mechanic, and he, um, you know, the conversation is kind of short and curt. He he um, he doesn't really have much to say, but she she asked about, um, you know, the, she she's you know, so, so Superman is. It's not the first time that you know that whole Superman thing that happened yesterday. That's not the first time something like that has happened here, and I was wondering if you know if you remember the other time and D does and, and he wasn't there. So he really doesn't want to talk about things that he didn't personally witness. Um, but she's, you know, 
he's not saying much. So she turns around to, yeah, she's like, shrug it off. She's like, whatever. I guess that's, that, that's great. So this, this ended. And, um, but he says that uh, March 14th, 17 years ago is when it happened. And that's the same day that she was adopted. And that's the cliffhanger, the issue. I think this was, I, it, it's a gorgeous book. I, I absolutely, I am just in love with the work on these pages. But the um, the setup is, this isn't, now I vaguely remember the Chase comic book. From the was it late nineties, Vince? Early two thousands? Ah, jeez, I have them, but I don't remember. It's got to be either late, right? Late nineties, early, early aughts. But I, I you know, it, be, it started in time. Detective, though. Okay, and yeah. then spun out to her own yeah. series. Yeah, I, we, we, we've had characters. I mean, it, Bendis did it with with Jessica Jones, you know, where he's introduced characters in into. Um, we, we Jenkins did it with the century, you know, so we but but this is just this is a character who is is on the fringe outside of 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 Metropolis and Gotham and Coast City and and wherever the hell Port Oswego is, that's where she lives. And and um, I, you know, going by the solicits and the solicits and everything, apparently there are secrets um, within the DC universe, or, or she's on the search for secrets and um the whole thing is is kind of it's enough of a mystery where i'm i'm hooked i um i like the idea that i don't need to unlike the guardians of the galaxy i don't need to know what's been going on in the past year i just i pick this up and i'm in it with the main character right from the beginning and and we're all going to go along on this ride at the same time. We're going to pick things up as we all go. And, and uh, I have no idea where we're going with it. Um, I, I don't know. I have an idea as to, as far as the dialogue goes, like what part is Bendis and, and maybe how much, how involved Walker is. Um, not, not, I mean, Walker's written, I mean, Power Man and Iron Fist is writing bitter root. Um, he wrote Shaft. I don't know if, if if David necessarily has his own distinct voice, but I think there are some ideas that are, are definitely David's, and there are some that are absolutely Bendis's. But um yeah, I, I think this was uh this was another solid first issue for me this week. I, I um I finished it and and I this was one of those books that I immediately wanted more. I um I'm just, I, I'm dying to find out where we're going with it. Chase was 1998. Ah, that's late 90s. I'll go yeah, with it. Only lasted uh, 10 issues if you count the one. Oh, mm. I was going to say 12, but okay. Yeah. Good series, though. Yeah, I got to read it. Jason, do you have any comments on um Naomi? Yeah, I thought Naomi was, was, was awesome as well. I mean... Dap was on a roll there, so I didn't want to inter- interject. But uh, but no, I, I I think you're right to say that this is the most Bendisian comic so far, and I think by design, right? I mean, this is part of his his new imprint, and it's a character that is somewhat inspired uh, per what he said on Suntress's show, um, his kids. And so, um, 
you know, I think he wanted to make a book that reminded his daughter of, or, you know, as his daughter could identify with. Um, so I, I think that's certainly a big part of the inspiration here. Like you said, I mean, the mystery, we're going to go along for the ride on the mystery. We, we don't know much about her. We know that she's a, she's got friends. She seems to be well-adjusted, a good kid. She seems to be relatively happy, but as you said, she is seeing a psychiatrist or a psychologist or whatever she may be. We know, we knew before that reveal that she was adopted because the, the, her counselor, you know, implies that she's got Superman complex and that she's uh, obsessed <laughs> yeah. with Superman in part because yeah. Superman is adopted just like she is. Um, but, uh, no, I, I, I just felt very real. The, 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 she and her friends, uh, offhand, I don't remember their names, but, but they, they seemed very real. Um, they seem like the teenagers I come across with my, you know, my kid and his friends every day. And I, like you said, I'm not, I wasn't familiar with Jamal Campbell before this. And, uh, he's a force of nature. I have no idea where David Walker fits in all this. Um, <laughs> like I don't, yeah, I mean the book very, very much felt like a Bendis book. So, right. So I don't know if this is a case where, because this is Bendis's imprint, he's going to quote unquote co-write these for an issue or two and then hand them off. I don't know if this was his idea, but then he had David take a pass at it. I don't know if it was David's idea and I, I don't know. I just, I have no idea where, where Walker fits into this. Um, I guess we'll find out over over the course of the series, but um, yeah, I thought it was great, and and I, I like you said, I have no idea. I, I don't, I we we don't get any sense that she's got any superpowers. We don't get any sense right. that she's so. Is the fact that she was adopted on that day coincidence? Is you know, is is this even a superhero book? I mean, I, we don't know. We didn't know from the solicits. You know, it's a DC comic book, so I presume there, I I would be surprised if she's quote unquote just a normal human girl but uh but yeah we just we're left with lots of questions but but highly satisfying uh, a highly satisfying first issue where where we come to to i i i he got me to care i i now i'm interested i'm interested to know why what what's going on with her and 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 why that why why she was adopted on that day and what happened and and, and so yeah so kudos to him for sure it, it was it was terrific He's two for two with his imprint. I'll tell you that much. Oh yes, yeah. I mean, the, this, Wonder, uh, this Wonder Comics imprint is off to a rip roaring start. The uh, Campbell is is listed as artist, uh, so he's also doing the colors. Mm-hmm. And um, right, well, I assume so because it's like digital painting. So I assume he right. does the whole thing. Yeah. And he he um, I I the the first double page spread kicking it off when when Superman is having his big knockdown drag out. There are two characters. On the set on, on the third page on the right hand side, and and the two women are one is running away and one is being blown back. And when you turn the page and you see as fast as as Superman is flying out of town with um with Mongol, uh, one woman has the first woman has run out of the page. You just see the back of her, and then the one who was falling down is now actually on the ground. So I think I and even when Naomi's at work. And and there's things going on outside. I, Jamal doesn't skimp on the other characters. The, just just the the monotony of the day to day, and you know there's there's not there's not there's not a whole lot of empty spaces. And whether you know Jamal's got a bunch of digital backgrounds at the ready that uh, you can just slap into any sort of uh, panel or setting, but it's um it's there there's there's a lot to take in visually. Completely agree. 
But I so yes, Vince, three for three with the number ones this week. Good for you guys. So aside from that one page, Vince, did you have it? I don't know if you've read it. I, I just bumped through it. I got through half of it. It's not for me. <laughs> no. I no mean, heart. no. It's, I, I, I don't care about this kid. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just don't. But um, no, it's uh, like you guys said, the, the visuals are stunning. Even though even the backgrounds in some of the splash pages are, are repurposed. Uh, it's I mean it had to be they had to have been drawn at some point. So what he used Or the, at least Right, but the background on the splash page with when it says Naomi and Superman yeah. and Mongol are fighting, it's the same background for the next three pages. Right, right. And I'm just, just I'm just saying it's yeah. I mean, I don't if if you can pull that off and I believe he did because it does happen in the same location, great. Uh, sure, it's right. Just, yeah, it's, I, I'm not. I don't have a, a a beef with any of the visuals in this book. He's he's obviously very talented. That, that's one of those things where it's 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 been just really kind of just rolling with the whole McLeod's understanding comics thing, where you're he's he's obviously breaking things up with panel borders, even though it's the same long stretch of road. Because of the panel borders and the action with the characters in it, you know, it, obviously time has passed, and oh. whether it's just split seconds or not. So, it, but that's that's a very Bendisy thing where you have a conversation going across three panels and it's just people walking across the street instead of just having one widescreen panel. We're going to take up two pages um, because you know, I mean, Jamal drew it and 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 it's pretty, so we'll just use it. And and whether that, I don't think it's to pad out the issue or anything like that but no i so I i'm just teasing you though but so it works for this guy and it doesn't work for diodato and infinity wars just teasing you oh you mean with diodato's neo the same it's the same the approach panel type things with the no, no diodato's it, panels were just that was just breaking up panels for because it, it, it looked quirky i don't i i know what you're saying with the thanos with the infinity yeah no i i didn't it's, it was weird. I, it was just like it was like it was the, the panel was being cut like down three quarters of Thanos's face. It's like how is that? How is that anything other than just because I can cut a panel there? That, that was no passage you. of time. I'm that was no. But it's it's close. But anyway, no, I just uh, I I hey guys, eat it up. You know, if you liked it, just go with it. It's not not for me. <laughs> Way to bring us down. Man. No, I know, right? I'm not. No, I, what am I saying? I'm saying love it. If you if you love it, hug it. That's what I'm saying. I'll hug something else. Jason, what else you got? I mean, damn! I just talked about three books, dog. What do you shit? All right, I got lots to talk about. If you want to follow, I, I'm pretty sure you guys didn't read this. It was uh, published by IDW. And no, but it, I want to hear about it. It was written and drawn by the same dude, Mateus Santoloco. And uh, color art. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, dude. Yeah, and that's exactly what this is. Oh, that's coincidence. Oh, that's what this is. That's what this is. And oh, the, he's uh, back on it. No, he's back no. on a miniseries oh. uh, with color art by Marcello Costa and Santoloco. So he does most of the lifting here, Mateus Santoloco. Uh, it's called Shredder in Hell. Oh, yeah, I did not read this. Now, uh, admittedly, I'm not all caught up on the Turtles. If Wachter draws the book, I will gladly sit down and make time for it. But I have, to, but Dave doesn't do 
12 issue stru- uh, stretches. He'll do maybe four, you know, five issues, and then someone else comes on for a little while, and then Dave comes back to the book. So if Wachter draws it, I sit there and read it. And this issue, um, we're, we're pretty much brought up to speed quickly. Um, Shredder and Splinter are going at it, or they did go at it at one time. And um, Splinter's like, Oroku, you got to part ways with this this power inside you. It's going to consume you. It's not good. Remember the dream. Remember we were kids and we were playing and we had the dream and we were simpatico and we were loving each other and the world and everything. in it. And you, somewhere, somewhere along the line, you became the vessel for the dragon god. And I guess this dragon god thing is destined to destroy all human life on earth. And that's the power that makes Shredder Shredder. Uh, but we're told that Oroku Saki is the last, the latest in line of uh, reincarnated souls. He used to be Takeshi Tatsuo, who was the founder of the Foot Clan, and that that there was a darkness there that spilled over into the next incarnation, which is Oroku Saki, and you know that that bad mojo crept in and i guess it allowed this dragon god to 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 take hold of of uh oroku well anyway at the the culmination of the battle um yoshi asks saki are you going to follow the dream or are you going to let this thing end everything and shredder says i'm going to follow the dream and uh, Splinter kills him. He kills him. So where does Shredder go after he departs this mortal coil but to hell? And when he when he gets to hell, he sees um, all of these things that he, um, well, let's just put it, uh, he, he killed, right? So he's he's in hell and I guess he has to traverse this landscape um coming upon all of these things that he once dispatched but he also comes upon um the the founder of the foot clan tetsuo and they they you know there's a struggle of uh perspectives here the the darkness and the light and and uh takeshi takes shredder and throws him into this it's all very symbolic throws him into this this watery morass of yik and these these mer creatures come up and drag him down and then he's in this beautiful uh forest talking to uh splinter again and he's like remember dude we had so much fun and and he takes him to the tree of life and it's Beautiful, beautiful full-page illustration. Oh, my God, it's magnificent. Um, He's like, we're all fruit from the tree of life. But what you need to get in touch with is the dreamer at the center of the the tree of life. And you can read into this what you will. But um, long story short, um, it's just Shredder working through all these demons, what what came to possess him and, and why he turned. And and uh, one section of the book, uh, Splinter goes away and turns into a rat, a real rat, not a mutated rat. And Shredder's walking around with the rat on his shoulder. 
right? And that's when he sees all these 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 people and things that he's that he's killed. Um, and at the very end of the book, I'll set it up because it is a miniseries. Um, he comes upon the dream of uh, Orokusaki, or sorry, uh, ha- Yoshi. And what is Yoshi's dream? The turtles. They're in hell. And, he, and uh, from where this goes, I have no idea. But um, talk about beautifully illustrated. This thing is like crazy, immaculately beautiful. It's, and it's in, it's in waves of color, too. And I didn't notice it the first time I read it. But when, when uh, Shredder first goes to hell, everything's real dark and murky and, and, and just very claustrophobic and, and tight. And then once he has... Um, his words with uh, Foot Clan, he gets through the, the this portal, and then everything's bright and cheerful when he meets uh, Splinter, and they're talking, and it's all cosmic and beautiful and, and twinkly, and you know, it's it's a really, it's a pretty gorgeous book, but um, not having caught up in the uh, current Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you really don't know have have to know a lot. Shredder, Splinter fought, Shredder. Um, I wouldn't say he lost, but he decided to depart. Mm-hmm. A- and um, now he's got to work his way through hell and fight his demons. And the, the turtles are there, or spirit forms of the turtles are there to, to help him do it. It was pretty damn good. Nice. Never, never blink with IDW's turtles, because they'll surprise you. The Dimension uh, X thing was great. Mm-hmm. Have you been reading them? No. Wactor's killing it. I mean, he's... Santa Loco is a beast. He is. He is. His pages aren't that expensive, are they? No, I owned I owned a, a Turtles splash page from him until it was one of the things I auctioned off to get the Liefeld Domino oh, piece. Right. But, oh, really? But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he also did the... I mean, I've been sort of paying attention. He also did the Secret History of the Foot Clan. I talked about that, like, long time ago. Yeah, yeah. But yeah I did read that, yeah. I, I don't... Like like I said, the, there's so much turtles coming out of IDW that you, I can't keep up with it all. Mm-hmm. And there's more turtles than Transformers, especially now. But um, no, it's it, they've they've haven't haven't really let me down the whole way. I mean, I when like I said, Wactor's the tip of the heap for me, and mm-hmm. he's doing really really great work. You but, will be at Sedos Edos. Of course yep. he will. Yeah. Hmm. So, I mean, if you're familiar with the Turtles, and who's not, really, and you haven't tried this this universe that IDW has created, I would uh, give, it a, give it a shot, because Eastman is involved in a lot of stuff there, too. So you get one, mm-hmm. ha- one half of the OG, right? It's true. Yep. Loved it a lot. Love it. Love it. We really should talk about Martian Manhunter because people are going to start crying. Huh. We had it in the in the uh, gallery for last episode, and unfortunately, you had it in the gallery. Well, yeah, yeah. and and unfortunately, we didn't get around to talk about it. But mm-hmm. you know, it's redundant. Huh? It's redundant to say that Riley Rosmo is a force to be reckoned with. But and it's 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 expected to say, "Oh, this is the best thing he's ever done," but. It's the best thing he's ever done so far. 
have Jason. And, is, and, and the man I mean, I don't, I don't know if I can say that. Yeah, the, the, I mean, the Batman shadow was ridiculous. It, it was me ridiculous. Like, it made me like the shadow. So, but but this is a, a a ridiculousness of a whole different stripe. He's inventing shit in this book. Yeah, where oh, in yeah, in no, the shadow like, he was working with fairly it's almost like he's just. He, he's putting the pencil down on the page and moving the page around under the lead and whatever the hell the Martians are forming. It, it's, 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 I don't, this is the kind of like you would hit some peyote and then work on this. This is, I and my jaw drops when I see what the hell he's doing on yeah. Mars. It's insane. It's really Martian Manhunter year one. Cause it kind of goes back to the well. Where yeah. John Jones is the the police officer, and yes, yeah. he was a police officer on Mars as well, and um, he's yeah, but he's he's on Earth, and he encounters this um, brutal brutal murder where um, Bud and Ruth Adams are, are are killed very graphically, very violently while eating this family dinner. But there's something missing, and that's their daughter Ashley, and her what we're told is a pet iguana which i ain't believing it yet but okay i'll go with it the the pet iguana is named spaceman and the the thing about this series so far it's only been two issues but there's a lot of symbolism in this book um she has a pet iguana named spaceman iguanas are green you're calling this this space this this green lizard looking thing spaceman it just it there's a lot of references to the the Martian mythology that DC has created with with John Jones, you know what I mean? Um, th- uh, he he goes in. Uh, Jones goes into this child's bedroom and he encounters this fright foam. And I'm like, what the hell's fright foam? But later on in the in the issue, we're told that it's traumatic emotional residue, like because the the Martian Manhunter picks up on this stuff. Right, he's he's very attuned to feelings and emotions, and and he deciphers that you know there may be something not on the up and up here. But the partner doesn't know that he's a Martian, and they get into a car wreck, and where there's a car wreck, most often then there's mm. there, there's fire, and that's John Jones's Achilles' heel, and he 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 goes into this mid transformation where he's all goopy and and elastic and and undulating and she freaking uh Diane she freaking freaks out she's like what the hell are you but it's it's more it's 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 a cop procedural thing where we're trying to find out what's going on with this murder but it also goes back to Mars where uh yes as Jason said John Jones is not exactly a squeaky clean policeman and um, they get into the social uh, traditions of the Martians. And when when they combine, they unlock all of the, the areas of their mind. And John's very reluctant to do that with his uh, with Mariah, his his wife. He's not going to let her into that corner where he's got it all bottled up that he's not he's doing things that aren't exactly kosher on the force and he doesn't want her to know because it's it's shameful but um there's a, a pending curse on mars the Hieronymus curse where everybody's going to be infected in in what i'm assuming is a year 
um, we we find out why John Jones always had the gigantic brow. It wasn't yeah, for cosmetic was reasons. He was they were th- there's a an Earth fetish among Martians, and they observe Earth, and they saw early man, and early man had kind of gigantic brows, so they mimicked what they saw on Earth. That's why uh, Martian man on has that gigantic forehead, you know, um, and that's why they have legs because humans had legs, so they mimicked their appearance. We uh, Earth actually influenced Martian evolution without even knowing it because they they carbon copied us to a, a, an extent but the th- there's a social social uh, yeah there's a social aspect to this thing because when martians become a certain age they get to pick their social shape they're they're like little blobs when they're little and and you know cartoon looking but when they mature to the point where they can decide hey this is what i want to look like that's called their social shape and they only show the uh, population at large, their social shape. But when they get home, they show their significant others and their families their true shape. Like, doesn't that say everything? That's what we do, mm-hmm. right? We mm-hmm. we go out into social situations and we're all cool and suave, some of us, and, and we're putting on the mask and we're wearing this, this costume. But when we come home, you take your belt off and you let your belly hang out and you just... You know, you become who you truly are. And that's, that's right. Turkey that, eating pants. Right. That's what they're doing here. I mean, it's just it, it's not just a straight superhero book. And I wouldn't expect that from Steve Orlando. Um, but I thought the two issues were just, wow, really kicking. They, there's a lot. He had, They have a lot more to say than Martian Manhunter punches somebody in the face. You know? Listen, if if Riley does sell these pages, I want the Martian Martian lovemaking page. Right, it's it's gorgeous. It is. It de- there is a little bit of debt owed to Swamp Thing, Alan Moore Swamp Thing on that page. Okay. It's uh, visually, it's kind. I mean, it's not a carbon copy, of course not. But you know, it's it it's a, there's been a precedent established with mm-hmm. with Swamp Thing, and it's kind of hard to get away from that kind of. Major Mojo, but I thought it was yeah. great, beautiful stuff. Riley is so great, man, and and I just it, it, he has been working consistently now on a bunch of books, so that's awesome. So I, his career is going well, but I just I still feel like man, I, I just want I want him to be spoken of in a in a more hallowed way. You know what I mean? Like I like I not, not that he's asking for that, but I I just I I I don't feel like I don't know I don't feel like he's the name that people throw out there as like one of the the best in the biz and, and he is he's so versatile oh he very much he's is. just so versatile he he's he's a visual chameleon but every style that he chooses to do for each book is not only appropriate for the for the, the for the subject matter but it's it's just breathtaking and 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 it's just i mean if you look at the way he drew with with proof right you know and then and then and then you look at what he does now and and you look at this versus deathbed and then you just i mean it's just amazing how different each thing is it's 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 fantastic but you know what like scotty riley works on books i think he wants to work on sure yes because because if if you look at the you know deathbed the batman shadow which was Mm -hmm. close to the edge for riley but Mm -hmm. but um martian manhunter is not going to sell two hundred thousand copies Right, Cowboy Ninja, whatever, all the stuff that Riley has done. Right, it seems like uh, Drumheller, um, the the Russian uh, Rasputin, um, he 
he works on books I think that he he feels sure. uh, connected to. If Riley was on friggin' Tom King's Batman, he'd be a household name. Sure. Yeah. Right. But even in all those books you're talking about, I mean, you think about each one of those has such a distinct style. Yep. You know, Cowboy Ninja Viking was very angular and rough line work, right? And and then, you know, uh, yeah, just, it, but then, then Batman Shadow was so polished and mm-hmm. so pulpy and uh, just delicious. I, it's, yeah, he's, he's the man. He's incredible. Yep. Um, he knows how yeah. to work a spread, too. And he's a nice dude, and he draws incredible commissions. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yes, he does. And he doesn't, um, he's not going to do a one-image splash page. Mm-hmm. Where I, What I've seen from Riley, he'll, he'll, he'll do this massive image with panel insets and other things going on, and it's just mm-hmm. all so beautifully designed, and it's just like it's mm-hmm. not just Martian Manhunter punching somebody in the face. You know? The face. Mm-hmm. Right in the face. In the face. Yep. In the face. So, Vince, how much One Piece have you read? Oh, boy. Let's see. I own up to volume 75, 76, around there. Okay. But I've only read um, 36912. About fifteen to eighteen volumes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Why? How far? When you say you caught up, you weren't. No, you I was kidding. Big. I read the first oh. one. Oh, okay. First Correct. three the first three chapters, about one hundred and ten pages worth, probably. And it's it's freaking awesome. It's great. Jesus, <laughs> it's so much fun. Oh I, I, my god. I know, right? <laughs> well, listen. Wait, hold on. Listen. Let's take a step back. If there was ever a comic that didn't need my validation, it's this one. No, it's not that. It's not that. You guys jump on me like, oh, Vince will love Bendis' Superman in six months. You know, I do have a, <laughs> I do have a tendency to do that. But if you go back and look at when I pushed One Piece on you guys, we're talking almost five to seven years ago. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's not that you're just catching up. I think... Something has clicked in you where you're more willing to read this stuff now. Definitely, like I, I said, I just I, I, I just, I just feel like yeah, I'm, I'm I don't know what it is, but I've I've thought okay, I'm going to try some of these Shonen Jump uh, manga titles out and see what what what's doing. Um, uh, I, you know, as much I as think... I as much as I liked the the first volume of My Hero Academia, um, I I liked this more. But I, I this this was I'm more eager to finish up what we're doing tonight and read more of this than in My Hero Academia. Which, and, and as I said last week, I, I or last episode, I enjoyed My Hero Academia for sure, and I'm going to keep reading some of that. But but this this I thought okay, this is because it is different. Um, it, it wasn't it, how do I, it, it it had a lot of the things that that My Hero Academia had and sort of the exaggerated facial features and the, the the random laughter and the but but it, it it felt a little more epic to me it felt a little more like we're going we're about to go on a grand adventure and and admittedly i i think with both of them there is something enjoying it this way or reading it at this point is 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 probably a different experience because i know that one piece is this decade-long epic right i know there's there's 290 some 
chapters at this point and i so 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 it's already been vetted in that extent like i i know that if i do enjoy it i have lots and lots of runway um and that's important to me because with prose i often choose with fiction i i choose to read series of books um by design so i can have lots and lots of that content and and then i'm often very very sad when when i when, when i finish up a series knowing that that's that. And so, um, but uh, I, I don't know what I thought this book was going to be about, but, but it was, yeah, it was neat, man. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. It's just, it just, it just, um, I, <laughs> Luffy, Luffy is, is, is more likable than I thought he would be. I thought he was, every time I saw pictures of the series or whatever, I just thought he was this crazy over the top, kid with with no real purpose but he does have purpose um and you know i'm a sucker for getting the team together like that's one of my favorite tropes and that's pretty much what the start of this is in his quest to become the world's greatest pirate the king of the pirates he's got to get a crew together yeah and we meet zoro and and who's who's essentially crucified or in the gallows at first and um yeah, yeah. So no, I mean, uh, I'm obviously I'm one chapter in. So I, what the hell do I know about what's going to happen? But but it was fun. It's, it was fun so far, and yeah. the cartooning's just fantastic. It's it's oh god, uh, yeah. I don't know if it's it's also it was a really fast read. I mean, I read 110 pages in oh god, 40 minutes, maybe an hour. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, wait, it, it didn't take long. Wait until you see what um, Oda does with uh, Nami. He puts her in the skimpiest, most revealing – like she's got fairly large breasts. But most of the time she'll be dr- like dripping out of whatever she's got up on top. It's it's not explicit but he just does enough cheesecake, enough teas to keep to, – to, holy God, look at this woman. And um, – but isn't isn't fan service a critical part of – I don't know if it's critical jo- but it's, 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 a, manga, it's a commonplace. Right. Yeah, it's common. But um, and as far as Luffy goes, he's just an innocent, honest soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's there's no pretense with him. He he sets out to do something, and he's going to do it. That's it. And it was just surprising, uh, even with the in the beginning when the when the mountain pirate or the mountain guys come into the bar, and they're fucking with the with the the shanks, and <laughs> they throw a drink on him, and they you know they they treat him like shit. And, and 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 Luffy's just out of his mind because the the Shanks is his hero and he says, you know, how could you just let him disrespect you like that? And in ninety nine times out of a hundred in that setting, in any kind of of story, uh, you, you throw a drink on this guy and then the guy goes, he, he whoops his ass, right? Because he's like, how dare you disrespect me? And in in this one, here, you know, he and his pirate buddies are just laughing hysterically. And he's like, I ah, like basically like I, I'm not. He could do anything he wants to me. He could throw a drink on me. What do I care? I'm not gonna like that. I'm, mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm beyond that. It's not gonna bother me. Who cares? Yeah. You know. And 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 then you're like, oh wow, that's weird. I didn't expect that. But then then the dude starts fucking with, with Luffy, and then it's go time, right? Then it's like, okay, but if you're gonna fuck with my friend, then we're gonna whoop that ass. We're gonna take it to you. Um, you know, and the dude loses an arm in like the first chapter and he's laughing about it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> what are you going to do? I got another what one. What are you going to do? Yeah, no problem. I'm glad you're okay. Give me some uh, of that gum gum fruit. Let me tell you, I love you. I love you both dearly. But if, if, if I had to save your lives by having an arm ripped off, I mean, I'd still do it, but I wouldn't be in a very jovial mood after. Well, it depends on what arm. 
Do you want it to feel no. the same, or do you want to feel like somebody else is doing it? You know no, what I mean? I, so. No, either arm. I'm ambidextrous. So. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, but you ain't seen nothing yet. Wait till you see the ad. No, and I gather that, right? Yeah. I, I gather L- L- Luffy eats different fruits and gets different powers, right? And um, No. Well, I, I, I mean, I know that's true, but... but you keep right. going. Keep going. But, uh, no, so I'm, I'm going to keep reading it. You know, I don't know that I'm going to do a this week in One Piece, but... Um, but no, I'm I'm down for it. I I mean, the two things it has for going for it. It 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 has it has the getting the team together and then going on an adventure, which I just love those tropes. And then it has uh, its giant treasure hunt, right, where the whole world's searching for the One Piece, which I didn't realize that's why it was called One Piece. Um, so that's that's super fun. And I I'm going to presume you you don't have to tell me if you don't want to, but I'm going to presume they no one's found the One Piece yet. You got to keep reading it. I will keep reading it. All right, fair enough. Is Tony Tony Chopper your favorite character? I don't know that I've gotten. Who is that? Okay, no, I'm not saying anything. Nope. Keep reading it. Yeah, I don't think I've gotten that far yet. I've, I just, I mean, I've read this through. He, he's the kid. He eats the fruit. He ten years later, he's learned how to use his malleable body effectively. He goes on his own. He comes across Zoro. He frees Zoro. Okay. Um, fights the fish. The, yeah, fights the the, 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 sea, the sea serpent or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Comes uh, across the the heavy set female pirate. <laughs> I I just wish that they would publish this stuff in durable editions, books that are going to last decades. Like put it on acid free paper, not acid free paper, but at least good paper. Mm-hmm. The the three in one volumes are on such pulpy nasty paper that you know you're going to watch them brown on your shelf as you as you're sitting there reading something else it's just the the the, but i in in their favor it's only what 15 bucks for three volumes Mm -hmm. i think that you know so yeah you're getting a lot of bang for your buck but there's no resiliency there's no staring staying power to these books they're just going to crumble after a while i want a one piece library set that I can, you're going to need a library just for that. But it would be nice if they put printed it on, you know, upscale, time sensitive paper paper that's not going to just disappear. Mm-hmm. Not archival because that would be expensive, right. but at least something good. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Anywho. Any hey um. We got a lot of time, David. What what else you got? Um. Well, one thing I want to add is is since you mentioned it, like you know, six or seven years ago, I think a lot of it might also mm-hmm. have to do with accessibility. Yeah, this happens. I mean, it made it so ridiculous. Oh, right? yeah, exactly. So I, I know I have the first volume of One Piece somewhere in one of these boxes, but uh, and then after that, to, to so yeah, knowing that. And I feel dumb for having – here I was thinking I got a, a steal buying the first volume of a couple of these on the Comixology when they had a sale. But I overpaid because I now I for 2 bucks a month I can get all of it. Yeah. Well, the joke's on me because I have an entire bookcase pretty much with mm-hmm. just those, those three-in-one volumes on it. Plus, How many volumes have there been? 91. Of, I mean of, of the three-in-one, 91? 
I have, library has up to volume 66. Of the three-in-ones, I have at least 20. At least of them. At least 20 of them. All right, so I know I can at least catch up on one piece. Okay, no, that that's that's yeah, that's that app is insane. Um, um, by the way, Vince, I'm sorry before you go on. Uh, I told Julian that I was reading One Piece because I knew he'd be super happy about that, and that I did the Shonen Jump, and he said that he highly recommends that I read Food Wars as well. Have you read any of that? No, no, nope. not your thing. I no, I just haven't read. You made, a, made it sound like it's just not your thing. No, it just—I mean, how much can we read? It's just. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. no. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry, David. Go ahead. No, um, there is there is another number one I read. This one was oh. one that I picked up just because it was it was on the shelf and it looked so lonely and um, so lonely. It, it wasn't anything that I had um, on my pull list at the comic shop or from DCBS. Uh, I was unaware. I didn't see this in the Marvel previews, which is absolutely fine. But I was unaware that um, they're doing this um, 80 years of Marvel greatness. And throughout 2019, starting this month, Starting now. Ah, I know what's going with this. Okay. Yeah, they um, they're putting out new versions, updated uh, versions of their old, old Marvel titles, and one that I picked up was Crypt of Shadows. Yep. Which? <laughs> what, what what was that, Vince? Yep. <laughs> and the reason I went with this over the uh, War is Hell that was sitting there on the shelf um, is that for one thing, as much as I enjoy Shaken, it, it's it's still a war comic. But I decided to give Crypt of Shadows a, call of, uh, a try because of the three-ish stories that are in this issue, they're all written by Al Ewing, who, of course, we're enjoying quite immensely on the immortal Hulk. Um, there are three stories in this, um, framed with, uh, Sinophobia by this is basically, this is almost a, a, um, a Felix comics art production. Gary Brown does the art in, uh, Sinophobia. The second story, grave errors, uh, which is practically the first story is by Stephen green. And a moment uh, of madness, my man. right? And uh, a moment of madness is by Jabril Marset fan, and um, the uh, this was. It, it, I also, I think, I also decided to get this because this way, at least, I are this automatically gave me an option if we continue with the favorite horror comic. In the eleven o'clockers next year, because at least now I've read it. I've read one, and if I don't read another horror comic, then at least I know which one was my favorite. But the uh, this was I. You know what? I didn't. I it, this was this was a you know this was a a EC style vault of horror, Crypt Keeper esque um, 
the comic book. It it didn't it doesn't look like they didn't try to make it look like it was something printed, um, published eighty years ago or in the fifties. This was you know this, this is definitely Gary and um, and Stephen drawing in their style. It's it's colored the way today's comics are colored, um, but it was still just a a Tales from the Crypt type um, anthology if you want to call it that it's 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 one it's one overall overarching story um about a uh about a gentleman whose last name is radley who is seeing his uh psychiatrist and he's telling her a story uh which can't really be true because if the story ended the way he says it ended how would he know about it to be able to tell it? And you, you kind of just know you're um, you're going down somewhere kind of dark. Um, the the first story is is grave errors where um, someone with a crowbar and a busted arm breaks into a uh, a cemetery, but while he is doing that. He uh, is a small flashback, um, reliving how he got to this stage because he almost looks homeless. He's 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 barefoot. He's um, he's uh, he's in the Arnie Caleb Club because he's sleeveless and he's just he's he's making his way through the graveyard um, because you know you can't you can't steal from a mansion because they got security. You got alarms to bring the cops. You got guards. Graves don't have guards except this one dude, this one old man who's just walking through. Um, but he, the guy, knocks him out. He just thinks he conked him over the head with a with a crowbar. But according to the story, um, the old man's fragile skull splits like a ripe melon, and he, um, but he he wants to steal from. Dr. Delarge, who's uh, who's his creditor, um, because he also kind of blames Delarge for putting him in the state he's in, um, breaks into the tomb, opens up one of the caskets, and out comes a dog who bites him on the um, bites him on the arm, runs out. When the dog runs out, the crowbar that uh, the guy used to break into the cemetery and kill the guard he was using to prop open the door when the guard when the dog runs by the door crowbar goes flying by and uh and now the tomb door shuts and now my man is stuck in there um so that's the end of his story um or is it but as he continues to tell the psychiatrist stories um like one where he and his wife couldn't conceive so she comes home with a puppy and he's afraid of dogs and this this looks like a, a, a schnauzer that won't harm anyone, um, but he is also a um, he's trying to develop a um, a a drug that will um, prevent fragile bones. It will um, strengthen bone density, um, which it does, but it has a side effect according to his head um, his lead scientist and. Um, it uh it's it it warps the brain into um a state of violent insanity so it's it's 
it's got to be scrapped. We got to we got to kill the idea. We got to we, we we just we got to abort. Um, but this is going to bankrupt homeboy. So he goes to his wife, who's got money. Um, she gives him a grand. Uh, meanwhile, he needs like you know a hundred thousand just so that he'll be able to not go into debt. But um, of course, being a horror comic, this uh, this drug that now causes people to go insane. Um, will come into play, and and in a very O Henry moment, that backfires, and and it's just it was, I I thought the way Al kind of tied everything together, um, was was pretty neat. I thought the uh, the art styles, while different to a degree, all worked with the tone of of I think the story they were trying to tell. Um, the only one that was the prettiest was the one, um by uh by Marset fan where um that was more along the lines of uh almost like a, a romance comic style um something you'd maybe see in Archie not necessarily something by Dan Parent but um it still kind of s- slightly reminded me of um of that style um but I I I was happily surprised. I thought um, I thought it was a it it was a it was a freaky book. Um, it, it it works as a whole. It's not like there's just one particular story that uh, they could kind of you could tell each story as as a standalone, but it's um, they're all parts of of a whole that uh, that makes sense when you stand back and and see how they all play out but i i dug it i um i said i didn't know what to expect this was one of those things where i just i saw it i grabbed it um read it and uh was was quite happy to uh that i did i um it, it's just, it was definitely another one of those things that uh made me think that this week was was absolutely fantastic but i know vince read it I sure did. What did you think? Well, Kyle Hotz cover aside. See, I didn't get the Kyle Hotz. Oh. I got the, um, I believe I got the uh, John Tyler Chris- Christopher because I wanted the mm. one with the word balloon on it. It wasn't, like, new, oh, no. it wasn't the new hotness? It was, I didn't, well, I saw the variant and I'm like, all right, let me get this because this one, this one had the old style Marvel banner along the top, Marvel Comics mm-hmm. group. It had a oh. word balloon. It was like action on the cover. Mm-hmm. So I went with this one because it just, it, it was, it's not one you see more often. I thought the Hots cover was neat, but it wasn't, it, it wasn't, I thought, up to his, his typical standard. Hmm. No, nah, I'm just going to keep it short. I hated it. Wow. Yeah, I hated it. The whole thing? The whole or? thing. It's just, it's proof that even the best writers, uh, and Al Ewing got a lot of awards in our 11 O'Clockers, and spe- yeah. like, I gave him my, my favorite writer, but I thought it was terrible. And um, no, if you're going to um, celebrate 80 years of uh, certain books, the legacy of Crypt of Shadows, and you look at all of the the talents that appeared in that anthology: Gil Kane, uh, Dick Breford, Jim Mooney, uh, Starlin, uh, John Romita. I thought this book looked horrible. I thought it was a mess. I just didn't like it. I thought um, it wouldn't. I'm just. I'm not want to be mean. I didn't like any of it. 
All right. That's and that's and 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 so you're you're coming at it with I don't you you appreciate it. I I don't think I've ever read a or if I have I've read a reprint story in another collection, but I don't think I've ever read an actual issue of Cryptic Shadow. So right. I don't well, have any was, sort of um, It was just Stan making use of a bunch of stuff that they had from and horror ba- was king at the time yeah so from were, way back when some of the stuff was new not much of it um but in 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 celebrating crypt of shadows it doesn't work it doesn't even work for me if you remove that from the equation i i don't think it's a it's a very attractive book i th- i think a lot of it is just it's rote it's by I them. haven't seen the book, but I'm surprised to hear that just because the artists that you're talking about, Gary Brown and Stephen Green, are fantastic. So I, I, and I do, I do like their work. It just, it just seems to me to be an uninspired, just let's cash in on, on you know, the, the na- the, the, any kind of cachet mm-hmm. that, that uh, the name Crypt of Shadows have and has. And by, Does with, it even have cachet? That's what I'm saying. With, with modern mm-hmm. readers, they probably, a lot of them don't even know the book existed. Right, right. You know, so it's... Uh, Okay, I, like ju- I just didn't like it. I don't want to keep. Fair. Hey, keep it's fair. Yeah, I don't like everything, and you're a much more discerning palate when it comes to the horror. Yeah, because you, you read a lot of it. So, it, yeah. okay, there we you go. Don't have to keep I, biting your tongue, but you don't have to. You can just say you don't like it. I just didn't like it. There you go. There you go. Well, I'll I'll, I'll pick us back up, Mister Naysayer. Um, right. I, a third issue. So we're going to move off the number ones here, but but another another reason I loved this week. Uh, the third issue of uh, a little bit of a vertigo resurgence, in my opinion, of late. Uh, American Carnage, number three, uh, written by Mr. Brian Hill uh, with art by Leandro Fernandez. I don't remember if I mentioned the first two issues at all. I don't think I did. No, see, and this was... and it, so, so we can we can still bring it back to first issue Orama because I read one through three. Boom, there so, you go. There Boom. we go. So, a little backstory. Uh, Brian Hill's written a bunch of comics uh, in the yes. last few years. Um, he uh, he is he's black. For those that want, uh, it's relevant to this. With, but just so you know, <laughs> um, um, well, I think it's real. I don't, you know, no. I mean, I think no, it's I germane to the to this particular book. Um, yes. But I found out uh, when I was in Vegas, coincidentally, that uh, we share a mutual friend. Interestingly enough, one of the guys I was out in Vegas with um, used to work for Pixar. And uh, and knew Brian through their Disney connections before Brian became uh, a comics writer. And uh, the mutual friend said, "Hey, you're you're a huge comic nerd. Uh, do you know my good friend Brian Brian Hill?" And I said, "Oh, I don't I don't know him personally, but I'm familiar with his work." And uh, he said, "Yeah, he's my he's we're really close. You should so." I, and I hit Brian up after the first issue of American Carnage. He said, "Hey, I was just in Vegas with uh, with Austin. That's our mutual friend." And and so we've struck it up. So I think, you know, we could have him on the show anytime. I think, you know, we definitely got a little connection there. But but anyway, um, American Carnage is a book I would dare say is in many ways tailor-made for me. Uh, it is, it is to me, three issues in, uh, very, very evocative in many ways to the – both in tone and look and feel and, and, and pacing to both uh, Scalped and 100 Bullets. Um I have said before in Leandro Fernandez's other work that uh, it is not coincidental that he looks a lot like Eduardo Riso. He is very much of the school, and I that 
I am a fan of anyone from that school. Uh, if they, you know, they, it is hard for me not to love art that revokes Eduardo Russo, uh, and Leandro is at the top of that 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 heap of of Russo like artists along with with Latour. I think they're both, um, you know, they have their own styles for sure. But but I think both of them uh, do, do evoke Russo to me, and I love them both for it so much. Um, this is a book about a. Uh, a CIA, a CIA agent, FBI agent, rather, right? FBI, FBI, right? Yeah, FBI agent um, that is essentially he's disgraced. Um, he was involved with a shooting that went wrong, and he's kind of been put on the back burner and uh, hung it up and is wallowing in his own self pity. When a, a woman that he used to work with closely, uh, her current partner was. Um, uh, Hanged. Yeah, I mean, I was trying to murdered right. and hanged. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and with 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 gross racial uh, epithets um, displayed in the process, and so she she wants to get to the bottom of this very aggressive, racially driven crime syndicate, and um, approaches Richard, who she knows from their time working together and says I need you for this and it, it turns out that Richard is an incredibly light-skinned black man uh, well he's of mixed he's mixed race but he he identifies as, as black and um, but he looks white and he's lived a lot of his life as a as a white man and and been undercover and so uh, in essence uh, this is like a much more serious version of Black Klansman if you've seen the movie he he is asked to go undercover so he is a black man undercover in a white supremacist group um, as a white supremacist. And um, things go horribly wrong almost from the outset. Uh, and, and I think issue three is really where we start hitting the crescendo. I mean, the first two issues are uh, a bit of setup. We get to know the main characters, the power players. We see him start getting ingratiated into the, to the, to the white supremacists. But this is where um, the shit hits the fan. This is where it takes some some turns. We realize this is probably a much deeper book with some conspiracy going on. Um, and he, he, you get the sense in the first two issues that he's not quite sure he wants to commit to doing this at this point in his life. But at this point in issue three, because of the circumstances uh, that transpire, he has no choice now. He's in. He's in it now. There's nothing. There's no backing away from it. And um, it's it's going to be. I think a very messy book, uh, much like Scout, where um, he's as much an anti-hero as a hero, and, and you're, there's going to be a lot of things that go wrong, a lot of lot of death, a lot of destruction um, in a quest to get to the end goal. Um, but I, I love, I, I just love Landro's work. Um, I think he looks great here. I, I, I mean, I'm I'm all in. This has got me feeling the same kind of way that I, I felt when I started reading hundred bullets, which to this day remains one of my favorite series of all time. So I'm, I'm super all for it. Um, and it's, it listen, this is, I mentioned Brian's race because this is a highly topical, highly, highly racially sensitive book. I mean, this is dealing head on with the realities of racism in the country at this point. And um, yes, there's the overt angles here of it being a, a white supremacist gang, but 
But there are other aspects to this in terms of how race plays into identity politics and how race plays into um, success in the workplace and and uh, how it how how race plays into people of mixed religion and and their uh, not of mixed mixed race and and their difficulty they have fitting into either being either uh, of race you know of so it's 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 uh, and he's not I mean that is Brian is, is addressing those issues head on. Um, so there, there's an underlying message here that, uh, you have to be open to, right? I mean, I, I think this is a book that, uh, I would imagine this is a book that the Gators probably hate. That <laughs> would be my guess. I, I, I presume this isn't high on their list of the comics. Gators probably hate this book. I would book. agree with that. Yeah. Um, but for me, I, I think it's been, no, no, of course. Right. But, but, but for me, I think it's, it's, it's terrific. It's, it is, it is, it is on the nose, timely from a social consciousness standpoint but at least for me and i i'm curious to hear dap's thoughts i don't i don't feel like it's preachy though like i, I didn't i'm not i'm not feeling like he's just on the bully pulpit trying to, to make his point i i think he's 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 attacking these issues head on but but not at the expense of a story so so i've been a big fan of the first three issues as am i uh the um it it's it's topical in the sense that um there there is a mega mention um but it's it's using um uh, things that are happening it it definitely has it feels like 100 bullets in the sense that yes um leandro's work definitely is evocative of riso but as far as the tone and the language it's it's that's where the 100 bullets connection comes in for me it it's it's much more based in reality uh, than 100 bullets might be, but it uses the things that are happening today uh, in the sense of um, wrongful shootings and and yes, and the whole whole part about race and and how you're seen and uh, what I appreciate about Brian's take on this is that even the people who are evil, even the people you're rooting against or as far as the gators are concerned the heroes of the story aren't portrayed as dumb they're not stupid because the person who's who um who uh shiba in 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 air quotes but um the uh the woman who curry is her last name but she um she believes the person pulling the strings for this hate group. Um, he is, he's, he puts on a great public image. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't appear to be, uh, he, he's, he's presented more, He's, he's almost like he's, he's, he's the anti-Trump. It's like you, you could see who Trump is a mile away. This guy presents himself completely different. He, he is, um, yeah, he's he more is like extremely like a, like a, like a he's, he's a, a guy that, that maybe he's a concern, but he's not, he goes out of his way to not be as overtly known as a, as a, right. 
is a racist. He, he went to a black church and 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 he's giving away his book and he's donating and and he's uh, because his belief is that you you want the we we want the hate to die down. The war is not going to be won by scaring the the others. The uh, it's it's we we need to kind of put we need to put the the red hats and the white hoods away for a while, and and we can we'll be able to bring them down in other ways. You know the the old ways, um, the cross burning the the those that's. That's in the past. So he's trying to he's trying to bring the movement forward. Uh, you still have some people who are knuckle dragging and, and trying to keep it in the past. But his his daughter, Wynn's daughter, seems to be, um, according to um, Richard, is probably the one running the show. Uh, she is very. Um, she's. I I really. Um, enjoyed her introduction and how she handled herself early on. She, um, she's, she's, she has a daughter and, and there are little touches like that. Like her daughter is deaf and, you know, to make sure we know how protective she is and how she tries to keep things separate. She, she has her family and then she has the movement and, um, there's little things we find out about Richard as far as, you know, he's, since he is an agent, um, he does know martial arts, so it's not surprising that you know he'd be able to handle himself in hand-to-hand combat. But when um, he's introduced to her daughter, and we find out she's deaf, he does sign. And and um, mom says, you know, my, my my daughter is off limits. And, and I mean, she's a young girl; she's like maybe six, seven years old. And, he's, and she's like, you know, next time you see my daughter, you keep your hands in your pockets. You don't, you know, don't don't converse with my daughter we're not friends you you know we're we're here to help you get back on your feet because that's the whole pretense of it is that you know he's 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 infiltrating them uh, because they help people pick themselves back up and um so he's trying to get in from that angle um bring them down from the inside so he's working what he has to work with but it's just um you know th- things do get a little messy um I can see this playing out um, on TV as a miniseries, or even you know a little bit on. It, it, it's it, it has that feel to it, but I I think that uh, it might lose something if if we saw it in live action. The way the um, you you can see how the characters are interacting, especially with with Leandro's art, it it all just works, and um, I think you know hitting certain beats on the page goes a long way um, in telling this story. But I think the, uh, yeah, I, 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 I remember seeing the Ben Oliver covers and, and I knew I wanted to check it out. Um, and I follow Brian on Twitter and, and it just kept every time I saw him in my timeline, I, I kept reminding me that I, I had some issues to catch up on and um, yeah, I'm glad I did. And what I really love, is that at the end of an issue, when you read the next one, it's like the next panel. It takes place immediately after the previous issue. And uh, so many comics, you know, you read the next issue, and it's like either moments have passed or it's from a different angle or, you know, it's it's 
they're doing some tricks with the story so you're seeing it from someone else's point of view or we're going to catch up as a flashback this is just it's it's just the next issue leads right into the next and mm-hmm. and it definitely helps move the story along um all the characters even even the racist have a unique voice um they're not it, it's not necessarily cookie cutter uh you definitely know who well I don't want to say that because uh, things may not be so black and white as uh, no pun intended. Once once Brian is done, but um, as far as I'm as far as you can tell right now, you know which side is which, and um, I, I just think, think that's going to get muddy though. I do too, because right. I don't know whether um, something is going to happen with. Uh, Within the family, I don't. I don't know if Richard's going to. Stra- Richard's obviously flawed, um, but also the agent who's still with the bureau. Um, it's, it, she's damaged as well. So mm-hmm. yeah. it's it's uh, everybody is. Everybody feels very human. There is no nobody is um, nobody's clean. Nobody's pure. Uh, just like regular human beings uh we're all nuanced and and um you know you may see something as one way and and if if you may be set in your ways but there are you know there's there's three sides to every story Mm -hmm. so um it's it's going to be interesting but no it's it's been it's it's weird it's one of it's i don't want to say it's yes it it has been a very entertaining read it's it's not a uh as jason said you know it's not it's not a lighthearted story it's there's there's definitely um some heavy themes going on here and and the language isn't uh if you're sensitive there's definitely gonna be some issues there but it's a vertigo book you probably have already seen all Mm -hmm. this before um but yeah it's it's uh i don't want to say it's been a fun read but it has been uh it has been worth my time and and i would definitely recommend it it's um it's very um of the moment i i would love to uh to speak with brian to see you know not not to see where it's going or you know where what he had planned for it all but i mean at least to just get get his take and see how i mean i think you can kind of have an idea as to how he views things but um it's he's not pulling any punches and i appreciate that i think um i think it's it's a very very solid story i don't i i've read some of his works but this this is this is a standout that this this is a this is a really really good piece of work mhm yeah he's he's also the head writer on the titan show that is also what he's been up to. I'm a couple episodes away from finishing it. Are you? Yeah. I'm halfway through, but it's been a while. And he's writing Batman and the Outsiders as well. No? Mm-mm. That's right. Okay. Yeah. His name uh, he was doing Detective, and then it, now he's doing Batman. Yep. Uh, but uh, Vince, there's a there's an Obama-faced fixer in the book. Yeah, Mr. Wolf shows up. In the Things go tits man. up, and so he he calls in to his handler and she's like she does the Winston Wolf's like you just stay put and then dude rolls up Winston Wolf style and he's got an Obama mask on and he suffers no goddamn fools 
It's true. That's just the kind of fixer we need. Yes. 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 Well, isn't this a coincidence? Uh-oh. You read an Obama comic as well? I You read a Brian Hill comic? No, neither. But I did... You watch Titans? I did reread... <laughs> no, that's never going to happen. I did reread... Oh, never. Dude, you... Haven't you learned not to say never with you? I think some things are pretty much safe bets. Um, I did, well, I reread because this is a series that I go back to the well every so often. I love this series so much. It is, mm, I would rank this series pound for pound. I actually liked it more than Sandman. Oh, scalped. No, no. And unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but it's it's a Vertigo series, but it's 18 years old. Lucifer. It was written by Jamie Delano, ah. illustrated by two Gorins, Goran Suzuka and Goran Parlov. Wait, 18 years ago they were? No, yeah. I can't be right. No, it's it's 100% right. Wait, Parlov and Suzuka were drawing comics 18 years ago? Yep. It is a 19-issue series, I'm not wrong, dude, called Outlaw Nation. Have you ever read Outlaw Nation? No. Mm -mm. Well, in a lot of ways, it... I love uh, both of those artists. Oh, yeah. The the visuals in this book are just stunning. Don't forget, Jason, 18 years ago was... 2001. I mean... 2000, yeah. Um, God, we're old. Jesus. You can can get... That was his first book. Yeah. Carlos' first book. You can get this book in two flavors, um, drastically different flavors. You can scoop up each individual issue as published by DC's Vertigo, uh, and they are in color. Or you can buy the one-volume collection that was published by uh, Desperado in, uh, from Image, but uh, it's in black and white. Mm. because it's printed, you know, they wanted to get it all in one volume. Mm-hmm. To print a 19-issue, one volume would have How been... How does it look in black and white? Well, it's Parlov and, and Suzuka. It looks great, right? Um, Are you not losing anything by not having color? Mm, yeah, I didn't say that. Ah. Yeah, because yeah, I, I have the singles, and I have this right. this one volume, and it's... it's um the 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 cumulative effect of the color... Is 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 stronger than the black and white, especially on the the early issues when um, there's a lot of um, memories concerning. Um, the, have you, I'm sure you've seen the the picture of the the young girl running down the the street as uh, the napalm sears her flesh and her skin peels off her from Vietnam. That that photo. Um, so I have to ask you a question. Um, are you a Johnson or are you a shit? Because there's two kinds of people in the world, Johnsons and shits. Which one are you? Well, I, I'd say I'm you're... much more of a Johnson, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah, definitely yeah. say David is definitely a Johnson. Uh, well, <laughs> Jace, Jason's a Johnson, well, too. I don't know what this is all about. Okay. No, be, yeah, all right. I, Johnson... By the way, this is... It, it just before you... This is the first... This was the first comics work for Goran Parlov, and it's the first American comics work for Gordon Suzuka. That's fascinating. 
I can't believe they've both been in the business almost 20 years. Yeah. It, it's, it's, I consider it a masterpiece because it, it has feelers into the work of William Burroughs because Burroughs mm-hmm. published, um, uh, a, a novel similarly themed with the Johnsons, uh, a clan. Well, Johnsons are yeggs. They're outlaws. They're, they're grifters. They're, they're, thieves and ne'er-do-wells but this is the part where uh, johnson is definitely david the there's a code of honor between the johnsons and they're always willing to help those in trouble and trouble is is the one thing the johnsons seem to attract like a magnet right a johnson will not suffer the shits of the world lightly and unfortunately, there are many more shits out there than there are Johnsons. In Outlaw Nation, the Johnsons are a family of semi-immortal outlaws. And the book, yeah, the book focuses on one Johnson in particular, uh, William Story Johnson, a.k.a. Drifter, a.k.a. Billy Bad News. Story is a writer, and he he penned a bunch of pulp novels that were thinly veiled recountings of his dealings with other Johnsons. Um, He was in Vietnam, and uh, his albino half-brother, Kid Gloves, threw him out of a Huey. And he landed, boom, and he's been missing in action in Vietnam for 25 years as of the start of this, this series. Um... Story Johnson's over 100 years old. And he spends these 25 years in Vietnam writing the great American novel. He, he, he types out over 1 million words of this thing. And he just finishes it when he gets the call, the pull, back to his, his, the country of his birth. So he burns the novel and he says, eh, you know, it's it's on it's it's 1975. It's unfinished. It, I I I just it, it's not true anyway. Um, it's according to him, and he buries his lover and comes back to America. But when he he lands in Florida, see Story Johnson has a, a penchant for this Cuban hat, and he kind of looks like Fidel Castro. So he holds up in a, a motel in Florida. And the, the owner of the motel just happens to be Cuban. And he's watching the news and he's trying to soak up all of the information from the past 25 years that he missed being out in the jungle. Um, and the owner comes to the door and he's like, what the fuck you do? Like, what's going on? So the Cuban owner of the motel takes great offense at this Fidel Castro looking guy. Castro fucking brutalized his people. So he has his sons come in and they beat Story senseless and they throw him at the side of the road. Well, Story loses his memory. So he calls himself Billy Bad News, which was the protagonist in his pulp novels. And um, the thing is, Story's father, whose name is Aza Arizona, is literally the man in the high castle. He he lives in this, this giant tower in the middle of the desert called Villa Grimaldi, and he's got giant fingernails. He's this old, shriveled-up fuck who 
um, he lives on the blood, literally lives on the blood of Johnsons. If you're a Johnson, you have that special spark in your blood that, that prolongs your lifespan much, much, much longer than ordinary people. So he's been rounding up Johnsons for blood transfusions. How does he round up the Johnsons? Well, he's got a son, Story's half-brother, who's an albino. I said, his name is Kid Gloves. This guy is a nasty friggin' character. He can't abide the smell of female. Whenever he, whenever he smells woman, he freaks the fuck out, right? He claims he's allergic to it. This guy rapes and murders and burns and destroys a path across the country with a band of G-men called the Regulators. And what they do is they're supposed to root out all the remaining Johnsons, bring them back to daddy so daddy can drain their lifeblood and prolong his own life, right? Kid Gloves wants to keep Story's Return a secret from Aza for as long as he, it takes him to kill him. Mm-hmm. See, Kid Gloves, when, when Kid Gloves was born, he killed his mom in childbirth. Didn't intend it to be that way, sure. but it just set a precedent for what this guy does. Mm-hmm. He, he's in a, a helicopter with these two G-men, and he has, I don't want to spoil any of the story, but he has someone in there very important to the story. And one of, he makes one of the g <laughs> he makes one of the G-men blow him. And and when he, when he and when he climaxes, he blows the guy's head off. And he goes and he goes he goes what heat of the moment, <laughs> right? So this is really a thinly veiled story of America because all of the stuff that Story put in his pulp novels were either stories about his interactions with other Johnsons, or the one book um, is pretty much a roadmap to find the place. What's the place? The place is this secret clandestine community where all the Johnsons gather and they live out their days in the place. And they're all, if you're a Johnson, you feel this tug to to get to the place. And Mm -hmm. unknown to Story Johnson, he has a son. He was with a woman called Ruth. Uh, her name is Ruth Hogue, but they all called her Sweet Cakes, and she hates the name. And um, she was once the girlfriend of Hogg Johnson, a friend of Story, but she kind of mm-hmm. gravitated towards Story Johnson, they, and he doesn't know he has a son. He's a son named Sundance, and this kid gets the pull. Like he, he, he wants to do the right thing, but he keeps getting in trouble, right? And he fathers a child with a girl named Rosa. So Sundance was a, a, a police officer, and he saw something really bad go down, much along the lines of Waco, and it traumatized him. So he left the force, and he doesn't know what to do. He's directionless, and he's reading this book, and he's trying to find the place. Meanwhile, Story Johnson runs into a woman named Jenny, who's a phone sex I don't know, star or she's a phone sex operator. She makes her money talking dirty to scumbags, right? Mm-hmm. And and she's got a son named Martin. Martin got in trouble for writing a creative a, a, a creative essay on it, it, there was a subtext of gun violence. So the school like whoa 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 they freaked out and the kids on like probation and he's he's like fuck this I'm never going back. 
Kid Gloves manipulates things where he kills a, a, a sheriff and he puts it in the trunk of Jenny and Martin's car because he knows they're they're attached to story. Who doesn't know his story yet? He thinks he's still Billy, Billy Bad News. But um, shit hits the fan. The kid gets excited and shoots a cop. They go out on the run. It, it's the the way the narrative is written. There. It gives Jamie Delano an opportunity to comment on America, even though he's not a native born. He's a sure. Brit. He's a Brit, right? But it gives him the vantage point of, of observa- observation without that, that nationalism bullshit getting in the way, right? You can see, he can see things for what they are. And, and what Outlaw Nation is, it's a commentary on just how corrupt and how America chews up its own and spits it out for the sake of that almighty dollar. What what Aza does is, the old man Johnson, he manipulates trends in America. He calls it stirring the pot. And the reason why he keeps Kid Gloves around is because Kid Gloves is really good at stirring the pot, right? He'll manipulate stock markets. He'll create incidents to get people to do certain things. Like, he's literally the man in the high tower, Right. And story regains his memory along the way, and they eventually it, it's all a race to get to the place because Sundance is brought in because Kid Gloves manipulates them into this terrorist act where Kid Gloves assassinates a a, a congressman and there's a gigantic explosion and Sundance and his um, baby mama are arrested and then. Um, Martin and his mother are uh, on the run for something that, you know, the kid did, uh, and they're holed up in this other place. And it's just he uses this, this, um, these characters as a web to basically comment on just that dark, nasty worm at the, the heart of America. And it's a great friggin' story. Um it was originally intended to be more than 19 issues, but sales weren't good. So um, the plug was pulled and Delano had to wrap it up, but he did so in a way that he, I guess he was happy with. Uh, I think the ending is spectacular and it comes from left field. There, you do not see it coming. Um, there are characters that you grow attached to over the course of the series that do not make it out. Um unfortunately but that's life right and big things are disappear and little things become huge deals at the end of this story it's it's just incredible it's it's one of my all-time favorite not only series but as far as vertigo goes i think there was very few series that came out of vertigo that was as good as outlaw nation i know nothing about it but it sounds amazing yeah i need to read it well, I can let you read it. Um, but again, like like um, American Carnage, it is not for the faint of heart. It's sure. v- it's very violent. It's profane. Um, uh, Aza Johnson has a uh, nurse, and he's he's hooked up into this like uh, life support system that looks like a giant chair, and every one of his needs is taken care of by a nurse. And as the story opens, the nurse is male. But uh, Kid Gloves gets a little bit heated with the nurse and ends up killing him. 
So Aza has to get another nurse, and he brings in this woman called Dolores. And she is an 11. And he makes her wear um, an American flag bikini under her prote- <laughs> protective bio suit. And Dolores is not a Playboy bunny, only, you know, she looks like one, but she's a smart cookie. And and there's, um, as the story progresses, she kind of, she turns on Aza. And Aza has a train that plays into the story. It's a bullet train called the Spirit of the West. And, and the, the Spirit of the West gets her where she wants to go. And it's... It's uh, completely symbolic. It's completely intended. Um, but it's, like I said, you get you have this woman that's a, an 11 who's not what she seems. That's this entire series. There there are things in here that are not exactly what they seem, including the, the geographic location in which the story takes place. Like, yeah, we're Americans. We like to think it's all, you know, baseball, apple pie, and, and mm-hmm. you know, rah, rah, rah. But if you look at the history of America, there's a lot of shit that went down. A lot of stuff that that in reality did not play out as was uh, as the media portrayed it. And that's another angle on this thing: the media. Aza controls the media, mm-hmm. so he can he can he can get people out of jams just by snapping his finger. He 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 controls the the police, the law enforcement. He controls the media. He controls a ton of shit. And it's just like all of the people under his sway, it it all funnels up to one guy. And it's, you know, the, the, the puppet master, it, it's very, it, it's disturbingly apropos to current life. And I just love it. It's gorgeously illustrated. Yep. But I, but as David said, did you lose anything with the color? Yeah. I mean, for the for the optimal um, experience, I would go with the single issues. They're not expensive, uh, but if you just want to read the story and see the gorgeous line work and fill in the blanks yourself, get the Desperado. Uh, Nineteen issues. Desperado. It's only sixteen bucks if it's still in print for the nineteen issues. So you're paying less than a buck an issue. Jeebus. Yeah. And, and it's just a, it's a, I think it's a masterpiece. But if you go back, I mean, why are these Johnsons immortal? They don't explicitly say why there was some talk about Aza being exposed to an atom bomb explosion. There's mm-hmm. a, there's another um, what if if the original founders of the place were two Johnsons called Barefart and Israel, and they found this this place nestled in the boonies out, you know. There was no one there except when they got there, there was a pack of indigenous people. And the Johnsons killed them all but one and ate their flesh because they were hungry. They were cannibals. And it, they, it, it's assumed by the Johnsons that the, the, the original Johnsons eating Native American flesh gave them prolonged lifespans. And the woman and, and the, the children that they f- fathered with the one woman they left alive would later go on to sire all of the johnsons so it's freaky right and it's mm-hmm. it's a tall tale but it's an amazing amazing series well if there's anything that will make you want to possess a book it's lots and lots of johnsons 
Big Johnsons. Yep. 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 I absolutely love it. I, and I read it like every year or two just to go back and remember how friggin' good the book was. Hmm. Okay, so now that that's that's a great segue. So um I once a few weeks ago, um I forget what exactly what comic we were talking about, but um or whose whose work when it came time to things I was going to reread. Um but out of that, Jason posed a question on in the Facebook group. Um I guess asking what you say, what what is reader what does rereadability mean yes. to you or why do you say it? So um, well, and there no, were some solid my, answers. My question was more like why do we why do we use that as though it's uh a oh, virtue a in, in rating co- yes. like a qualifier because I don't know that many of us really do reread comics on the regular. And we intend to, but we rarely actually get around to it. Right. True. I, I think when when I think when I hear people say it it's it's almost like it's a badge of honor. It's it's the one thing that you would keep in your collection. It, that, that that's your Desert Island book. That's that's your that's the thing that you of of everything you've read. That um, there are things in because we still have so many more things to read. That that's a work that you would make the time, pushing aside everything else to sit down and reread and you are right it's like you know you already know what the surprise is you've read it so many times you know what beats are coming um so it's not like you're going to be surprised rereading it for the umpteenth time but here's vince who just reread something that he's read a few times in the 19 years it's been out um it's got to be multi-textured for me I'm I'm not going to reread as good as it is. I'm not going to reread the Return of the Sinister Six like every year. Mm-hmm. I I love it. I have it on my bookshelf. Right. But yeah, you know what I mean. One, I mean the first couple times you've read it, he, there's really no no um, surprises. But something as multi layered as Outlaw Nation or like Sandman, you're going to get something new out of Sandman every time you read it. And because it's there, there, there are undercurrents and there's character interactions you may have mm-hmm. missed the first time around. And it's just, it's dense and it's deep and it's, it's, uh, it's literate and it takes references from other things. Um, I, I'm not, like I said, it's, it's got to be at least layered for me to go back to it again. And then there's Commandy, which I'll read all, all the time. It's not multi layered, but it's my favorite comic. So, yeah. That's like comfort food. That's yeah. that. That's very similar to, to um, to me with the, the hero discovered. It's like that's. I'll read that. I try to read it. I, I have a plan to maybe read it once a year, but I read it at least every couple of years. And yeah, there's nothing new. That there's nothing I'm going to find. Be like, okay, well that. I didn't know that was coming, but it's still just it's it's familiar and it's it's um it there's there, there's memories to it. It's it's this so there's a sentimental attachment to it. But yeah, if as as great as some new things are, and and this week's proof of that. But I would still it's something that you know it, it's it, it's it's like I could go ahead and I could make a grilled cheese sandwich, or I could go all out and and make some. 
make some scampi. Uh, what's going to take a lot more long? Uh, something's going to take more time, but it's what I'm going to get out of it whenever when all is said and done. So it's it's just yeah. There's some books that grow with you, and yeah. there, there are some books that are time capsules. For me, mm-hmm, Commandy is mm-hmm. a time capsule. But right. I'm, I, I'm guessing Scalped is a book that would grow with you. I haven't read it, so I can't say. But um, Dagger through my heart. But that's cool. No, I will. I will read it because I just don't yeah, have I it. Either. I don't have it. So it's. I mean, it's not your first trade. It's not your cup of tea generally. You know, he's like growing. Him. He's growing. Yeah, he's 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 yeah, that's true. But no, I mean, in the introduction to the collect edition, is thing. Um, Delano specifically states William Burroughs as being an inspiration for the book. So my favorite author of all time is is instigated this piece of work. And so there's, you got 25 to 50% of the the battle won right there. You know, Mm -hmm. as, as, as long as the art and the story are good, I'm going to read it, but this this story is is so complex and the art is so gorgeous that yeah, I I reread it frequently, sure. every couple of years. Respect. Hated it when it first came out. A word. <laughs> I hated it. Yeah, I I read the first two issues so and I'm it was like, like Immortal Hulk. Yeah, I read the first two issues and I was very very reluctant to drop a series once I started it back then Mm -hmm. so i I let it expire i had the whole 19 issues and read them in 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 one week and then i'm like i'm an asshole why i i didn't like this to be begin with this beyond me i just probably wasn't in the right mood Mm -hmm. and so yeah isn't it amazing how often just not being in the right mindset to read a comic can shape the way you think of it true oh yes yeah you, I think we need cool down periods. Mm-hmm. You know, if I don't have anything read for an episode or not a lot of stuff read, and I try and read them the night we record, like cram them all in, I don't get anything out of them mm-hmm. because I'm just I'm just covering ground and just trying to have something to talk about. But if I have some time on the weekend before we record, I get to relax and set the stage the way I want it, and I'm in the the a good frame of mind and i i think that's why well maybe that's why i turned on immortal hulk i i may have read it under duress just trying to get it read initially mm-hmm. and that's i don't know I, I, mm-hmm. what I, we're we're weird people are human beings are, are strange mm-hmm. that's that's just true you ain't lying yeah all right, we driving the bus home, or you guys got anything else to bring, bring it? All right. Oh, I don't think I have any new travels. Hey, everybody! <sighs> Thank you for being here with us yet again. Thank we, you for being a friend. We we hope you come back next week. Remember, if you want to get inexpensive comics and other stuff from the previews catalog, there's really only one place to do it. If you want to maximize your dollar, and that's a discount comic book service, dcbservice.com, where you can get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door. From Marvel, it's Cosmic Ghost Rider Destroys Marvel History, number one, for $1.99. Invisible Kingdom out of Dark Horse, number one, is $1.99. And Gleepnir from Kodansha 
is a uh, graphic novel that will cost you $7.14. That's 45% off the cover price in your travels. Let me pick something that I want to read next week. and I'm going to say, do this with me. I want you to read Hamana Hamana. Oh, boy. Let's get caught up on Captain Ginger for next week. Oh, yes. Let's do that. Okay. Read Captain... Stop. Read... Uh, Nah, he's allowed, right? Wait, hold up. Hold up. Uh, Are we meeting before next week? Oh, because next week we got a thing. Book of the month. Next week is the book of the month. Next Thursday, the 31st. Well, that's all up to you. I would love to meet before next week. Let's see if well, it's how many late. have we done this month? Well, I think we owe. Well, then we got to do it then. Yeah. So I yes, mean, Stuart Moore, June Brigman, Captain Ginger. Let's get caught up for next week. Next time. Next. Time. Listen to David and Vince catch up on Captain Ginger. Okay. I don't know if it's going to be Sunday, but okay. We'll stick one in. Why? What Sunday? I may have a thing Sunday evening. Oh, a thing, la da. Okay, all right, la da thing. Anybody read Avengers thirteen yet? No. Oh, you didn't? Not yet. Oh, dude, get on it. Seriously, well, I'm on it. I'm gonna be on. Did it just come out yesterday? I believe so. I think so. Sorrentino's the artist, right? Yes. Which is interesting. I guess he did it in between. Uh, Arcs of Gideon Falls. Hmm, maybe. Yeah. Prehistoric Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's, oh my God. Yeah, I really am not liking the, the BC characters, but oh, I. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, I just don't understand the whole point of it. But, but you know, but hey, I'll, I'll give it a whirl. Legacy, man. It doesn't make, but that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense that these icons all existed in. Those forms a million years ago, but, it's, it's, but that's it's, how it's, that's it's, how the Marvel heroes came to be. It's stretching a theme. It's all thematic. So what? I mean, it's fun. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm enjoying everything about the Avengers series, other than that. Don't listen to him, Jason. I'm talking directly to Jason Aaron. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of Jason Aaron, by the way, he posted an update because, um, well, let's let's be fair. A, a lot of his creator-owned work. Uh, fell by the wayside in the last year. Hmm. And he said that Southern Bastards is back on track. We're going to get an issue uh, next month or the month after um, written and drawn by Jason uh, Latour. And then they're going to start the next arc of the series proper. And then um, the Goddamned Vince, which we enjoyed, which hasn't had a book out, I think an issue out in three years. The next arc of that is coming out this year. I thought that was a miniseries. Well, it, well, it was, but I think it was like a Mignola style where they're gonna have, like there's a the, there's a the next the next the next oh. the next arc of it is coming. Um, and then he showed some preview pages, although he didn't say the name or the topic. But he, and this is very exciting, is doing a creator owned book with the aforementioned Stephen Green and Rico Renzi on colors. Nice. Wow. So. In addition to dominating the uh, the house of ideas, he pretty much is. He is, yeah. Yeah. He and Donnie. Yeah. And, and Charles. Love me, love me. <laughs> Hush. 
I think Donnie's extremely talented. And Chip. As of right now, he's no Jason Aaron. I'm just I'm Well, just, I'm just not saying. gonna man, I mean you don't have to get negative on the brother. I mean, oh, I'm not being negative, but he's I'm, on our show and everything. Damn, you're throwing him No, on I love him. I think he's great. But I mean he has some some mileage to, to cover before he Sure, I'm sure he would admit that. I mean he's, yeah. he's you know, Jason Aaron wasn't Jason Aaron five years ago, right? I mean it takes True know. that, true that. Not being negative. You sh- you're pretty shitting on him pretty much. I thought negative. Oh yeah, my seriously. God. So to catch a little Captain Ginger's cap, catch up on Captain Positive next week, Vince. How <laughs> about catch up on Captain Dis Dick? Yeah. Ooh, nice. I can't wait to school you on on One Piece next week. Tell you everything you're missing. You'll probably be ahead of me by next week if you keep <laughs> reading it at the clip you're reading it now. Mm-hmm. We'll see. And your travels. Hi. Um, this was recommended. Um by the uh, comic shop owner because we both enjoyed the original series, original volume. Uh, so I decided to give this a shot. I bought the first issue and then Wednesday the second issue came out. So I am as now current on uh, Superior Spider-Man by Christos Gage and Mike Hawthorne. Okay. And uh, yeah, I decided to give this a shot because like Miles Morales Spider-Man mm-hmm. this um this doesn't really intersect with whatever Spencer's doing in Peter's world. So um this uh this Spider-Man who um goes by the name um Elliot Tolliver is actually a new body for Otto Octavius, um, which we saw at the end of Amazing Spider-Man 800. Um, once the main story wrapped up, uh, there were a couple pages at the end after the credits, after the cover gallery uh, that um, introduced this character um, at Horizon and that uh, set off Anna Maria's... Um, her dwarf sense because she knew something was going on. So, dude, I'm sorry. So, dude, uh, her dwarf sense. <laughs> <laughs> Is she in it? She's in it. Uh, she's, I'm gonna have she, to read she's this. Practically, thing. she's she's lower front and center. It is. It's it's a um, oh, hits keep coming. It's just <laughs> it's it takes place. Um, I believe San Francisco. Um, but he's, he's he's out west. First issue, he's fighting Stilt Man, and this is this ties into um, what I was mentioning with the Guardians of the Galaxy. There are actual references to there are references to um, Clone Conspiracy and Spider Geddon, neither of which I've read. I I mean I read the, the intro to Clone Conspiracy and knew that that was enough for me. So I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, so, so basically, Stilt Man was brought back to life. Warren brought him back so um you know spider-man is is mocking him um it definitely feels like slots superior spider-man it's definitely otto in this body um doing these things but he is also an instructor at horizon university um he is uh he's he he's making time he's he's got the you know 
internal monologue where how does you know how did parker do this and and you know he he could have done so much more with his shitty time management though he you know he didn't know whether to save people as spider-man or actually do something that would leave his mark as as peter parker you know he could have bettered the world in one way but he was too busy you know stopping muggings and um but the the first issue is a really cool setup. There are some things that I was completely clueless about, and I still kind of am. There's a um, Otto has uh, or Elliot Spider Man has has um, not henchmen, but he's kind of got a, a B team behind him uh, called the Night Shift. And um, there's uh, Digger, who kind of looks like Frankenstein's monster. There's uh, um, Dancing Macabre. There's the Brothers Grimm. Um, so they kind of handle his dirty work or after he's done roughing up whoever he needs to rough up, they come in and kind of um, clean up. Um, but the, the first issue, Anna Maria really, she, um, she's, she's onto him. She's onto Elliot and she knows that she has a guess and, and she guesses correctly because she blurts out, Otto Octavius, and that while they're alone, that causes him to stop. And she's like, I knew it. So he, um, she's like, you know, you've you ruined my life. I, I, you know, you basically mess with my emotions, and uh, and now you're out here, and you're up to God knows what. So we're just we're we're. I'm bringing you to the police. I'm I'm just you know you can't. You're just. There's no good to come of this. Of you being here, of you in this body, doing whatever you're doing. I don't know what the hell you're up to, but you got to go. So does he I'm still love him? He does, but he is. Tra- he's trying to, but he's not. It, as Elliot, it's not like he's trying to do it. He's not trying to put his advancements on her. He's he's kind of he's trying to be protective. But he yes, but he definitely has feelings for her. But he's not acting on them, and and he's trying to be like a completely different person. So, um, but she was she knew so um the the living brain is in it uh, and right before um she can uh she can call the police an alarm goes off and he turns the tv on and downtown san francisco is a complete mess um and all of a sudden you see um you see from the smoke, Terex the Tamer. Get the hell out of here. San Francisco. Nice. And it is a great looking image by Hawthorne. Um, Holy and, shit. Yeah. And, and we have, and so now, now Elliot is looking at Anna Marie and, um, and, and so she's just like, you know what? Just, just go, you know, just, just go save the day. So he goes to take off. Um, and while Anna Maria is with the living brain watching from afar, the second issue is the battle between these two. Uh, Spider-Man is obviously no match for someone who holds the power cosmic. Seriously. Um, it is literally a knockdown drag out. He is hurting his, um, his suit is letting him know he's got third degree burns and, and, and your ribs are busted and, you know, your shoulders jacked and, um, but he's he he 
he's still able to reach out to Anna Maria and, and he's trying to have her help with her assistance. You know, he, he knows something that will, um, hopefully save the day. So, um, she's, she, she scoffs because, well, the equipment, he, he the, the, the contraption she's trying, he's asking her to build. He's using rocks and transducers and, you know, Grady made a breakthrough. If, if, you know, if you'd ever bothered to speak with anyone here, you'd know that, you know, the, the material you're using is like yesterday's news and, and we got the new hotness over here. Um, so they're having this conversation while Terex is still doing his thing around town. Um, I'm not going to say how this issue ends, but, um, and the night shift homies crew just like ups and leaves them because when, um, when Terex, um, they all think they're going to come in and save the day and help them out. And <laughs> Terex basically smacks them all down. They're like, all right, well we're out. And they just, <laughs> they, they, they beat feed it out of there because Digger gets cut in half by, um, Terex's ax. Um, but the last page is really cool. But, you know, I, I going to, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm enjoying the, uh, the, I guess the offshoots. I mean, yeah, I, I, the first issue of Captain Marvel was great. Um, Superior Spider-Man is starting off strong. So is Miles Morales. Um, you know, I know some people kind of, um, piss and moan over what the, uh, the big two is doing and specifically Marvel these days, but I'm, I, I, I don't know what it, the things I'm picking up to read are, uh, Lighting my fire, so I mean it's it's all good. But yeah, Superior Spider Man, I would definitely recommend it if you haven't been um if you just were either Spider Man out or Superior Spider Man out before. Um or you it, but if you miss it, then I think this is uh this is a worthy successor. So um in your travels, Superior Spider Man. Dude, Brothers Grimm? Yes. Holy uh, shit. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think I'm in. This looks yeah, dude, you, this looks really good. Yeah, there you wow. go. Wow, who who loves? Ooh, you? We got a wow from Vince. Look at that. It's the first who time loves, he likes yeah. something all night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? They turn around and like we quit. This man is a warrior right, of weight class. In your travels, written by Scotty Young, illustrated by Jorge Corona, with colors by Jean Francois Ballou, and letters by Nate Picos. Um. It's Middle West, Middle West number three. Oh, nice. I have it queued up. Yeah. Uh, it's the continuing adventures of Abel and Fox as they go on a journey, uh, what is likely to be an epic journey from from what I gather. And I have to say, Scotty, he got me in them feels with this issue. He, he you know, in the first issue, we, we see Abel's dad just berating him and just being hateful and abusive and... He, he literally turns into a tornado, um, you know, and it manifests into this 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 natural manifestation of, of 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 his anger. And so I didn't expect in the third issue to see Dale, the father, back to human form and deeply regretful for his actions. And uh, clearly he loves his son. And uh, it's it's just you just I didn't see it coming. I didn't. I didn't see it coming. I mean, Scotty's, I think, weaving this very delicate tapestry of what it's like to have an abusive relationship um, um, at the center of this of this this fantasy epic that he's crafting. Um, Corona continues to crush it. 
Seriously. He, he's he's and, and you know what? And Jean Francois deserves credit because uh, each issue, but this issue in particular, is so colorful, uh, so much contrasting color in terms of uh, just it's you know there's it's it's lush countryside, but then there's these these pink vats of pink goo or energy or fuel. I don't know what they are all over the place, and mm-hmm. um, it's kind of this weird steampunk meets wizard of oz vibe it's 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 pretty crazy and and i will leave you with with just what a good writer i think scotty has become um abel is talking to fox and about everything that's happened he said then why do i feel so bad and fox says because you're a good kid and even if it feels like you hate that asshole most of the time he's still your father it can be tough to reconcile those two things uh that's pretty profound if you uh, i'm sure many of you listening have, have probably have have had some kind of strange relationship in your life, whether it be a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, or a spouse, or or a parent, and I think that's a very poignant way to describe the cycle of abuse that happens, where you, especially as a kid, if your parents are, you know, have have you if you were abused in some way, you you, you often think that uh, you still love them, you still want their love and their approval, you still and you you as a result think you did something wrong when really you didn't do anything wrong. So my hat tip to our boy because. It's a sensitive subject, and I think he's dealing with it deftly. So I feel yeah. like this might be a Trojan horse book in terms of what it's really about. AC Scotty would never have been able to pull that off. I agree. I agree. He's all grown up. Yep. A man. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, everybody. If you enjoyed this, there's more of the same, albeit in different forms, on the Facebooks and the Twitters, uh, go to our Facebook page. We are always hopping and having fun and loving everything. And we're on the Twitters and come if you want to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. That's one, one o'clock comics and, uh, check it out. If you would be so kind in the meantime, say good night. None of that factors into the time that you say David, though, does it? No. <laughs> David. Oh, yeah, tricky dicky. Not because it's always uh, it's it's from between, right? Like, so that uh, mother frackalack. Nice cheating. David. Mm. Whew, I don't that's, even know I if think that, was that good or not. I think that's the extended cut. That's okay. I don't even know. Remix. Mm. That might be the director's cut. Mm. Want to hear something funny? With commentary. Always. Ni- Nina hates remixes. the The original song could be the most <laughs> god awful. He, he hates. She hates. <laughs> what? That's not a Kelly reference. She, sorry, she hates any kind of remix because it deviates from the OG. It's baffling. I thought you were going to say she hates director's commentary and then I was going to dap her up. No, my, my children, like myself, enjoy uh, gleaning some further insight into the creative works yes. they love so well. A.K.A. Minutia, A.K.A. Time Waster. <laughs> it's not even. It's not. No, it's so not. Much. So is. Why'd you blow that guy up in that scene? Well, 
Here's why. Who cares? I care. Who cares? You don't, People though. Care. What are you saying? Because you, you sit no. here and say, art is what it is. You can't control what it is. It just is. You have to, it's whatever you person You can't, but you can understand you where... Know how, how that person... Yes, you can know? understand yeah. where it I came from. to create the it's, art. Let me enjoy it. Dude, we do a director's commentary every freaking week on the show no we don't we don't we're not creating these books no but we're commenting on them and when we bring people in to talk no, about the director's the books, commentary is him saying oh and i chose no, no, no. by doing this and why well, i was trying to evoke the, it's like i don't give a fuck dude if, if 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 i saw the movie i know what you were trying to do or if i didn't then that means you failed as a director no i, I had a bad day with my mother that day and i was really pissed off that's why i killed that character like you would never know that by watching oh, who it. cares i would like uh, yeah. i don't i don't care that's okay. Now who's Mr. Negative? You should the director's commentary is for shit. At you should be it hitting up Aunt May. Make some spaghetti for the starving people. It's absolute woke. It's not woke. It's a goat. It's not woke. It's a way to get you guys to buy it. I guarantee you just about everybody you have an original piece of art from has, has, has watched, listened to director's commentary to get some insight as to why the creator did what they did because it helps them get their point across when they create. I think he just I, called you out, motherfucker. I don't see any correlation between the two, but... <laughs> I love okay, you okay. so That's much. Why would an artist who draws cartoon, a, car, a cartoonist... Why would you assume that they like director's commentary? I'm Is sure they, some do and some don't. I don't see any correlation between No, the they two. listen to things while they draw. Like director's commentaries. Mm-hmm. Or podcasts, or podcasts, <laughs> or 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 porn, or porn. I don't think you can Pro. draw comics while while listening to porn, could you? Yeah, I can, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I mean, I I like how Vince is pretending like he draws. <laughs> you don't know. I don't. You just everybody out. Maybe in, maybe in like fifty years when I die and they find this giant stack of <laughs> of illustrations, be like, hot damn. Nothing he was would make drawn. me happier than to see a giant stack of illustrations from you. Uh, posthumously, yeah. No, not posthumously. We want to have the Vince Gallery opening while we're alive. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm getting shit done. I'm just not showing it yet. Okay. My Wait, buddy. do you 60? No. Sooner. Much sooner. Coming soon. Yeah. Hey, everybody. <laughs> we love you so much. Come back next week. There'll be more of this next time. Sorry, next time. Because it may not be a week until you hear us again. Sure. Tell, tell them you love them. We love you. It's That's true. They do. 